now. You are a disgrace. No. No. You are not my father. I am not a disgrace. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman! Hey everybody, this is Timmy Time of the Batman Revolution Podcast. This is episode number 87. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Did I get it out? Man, made it with time to spare and as smooth as can be. Oh, finally, finally. I've gotten, I've, I think I've gotten it down. Last not, episodes have been pretty good, but I think this one is like the best one yet. Now you got to yeah. keep it up. <laughs> I mean, I say that now, and our next episode, I'm probably going to screw that one up. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you'll know you got one perfect, at least. Yeah, <laughs> at least never, I got one perfect. You never do it good again, you'll always have this episode. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is episode number 87. Uh, Tim's with us again. I'm back. Tim, how come you keep on showing up to these things? He, <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not. You're not part of this podcast, right? I know. I just like coming in and crashing your solo podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like your. Uh, it's kind of like one of your friends that invites themselves to the party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hey guys, you, you must have forgotten my invitation, so I decided yeah. I just drop by. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, what should we do, Tim? No, let's just sit here and think about what we're going to do and just t- not talk. That would be like for a great podcast. Or how about we talk about um, something very interesting, like uh, um, what's interesting, Tim? Uh, <laughs> let's see. How about we talk about uh, bank direc- deregulation? <laughs> Such a fascinating subject. I mean, yeah. Screw what's going on in the Batman world right now. Yeah. <laughs> Did the uh, stock market crash in Gotham? <laughs> well, thankfully, they stopped Bane from going to oh, the yeah, right. yeah, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Which, coincidentally, we're coming up on pretty soon in our commentary. I think we might actually hit Are it we? tonight. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. We'll be really close, I'll say that. <laughs> I don't know if we'll make okay. it there in this one minute, but we'll be really close to that scene. Okay, because I think this is around the time we first see Batman. We finally see Batman. Yeah, we're getting there. At least his suit. Because we yeah. left off the last one where it was rising up in the Batcave. No, wait. First, he has to kick out Alfred. No, 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 no. He kicks out Alfred when he comes back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang it. It's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a long, long while. But um, I guess we can just get to it, right? Yeah, I think we should. I mean, we're not going to get a segue like that too often, <laughs> where you just happen to think of bank regulations and <laughs> bring coming up on there. Um, yeah, so for this episode, we're going from minute 40 to 41 um, on our quest. I mean, this is like a harder quest than in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Frodo and Sam have to go on destroy the ring. This is harder because we're going minute by minute. You know what? I, mean, I think I might be wrong. I think the time it took for the whole lord of the rings trilogy to complete like in in the universe timeline i think it was about a year or a bit over a year so i okay, think this so. is going to be longer <laughs> yeah because i i think we're over a year are we yeah i, I think so it feels like it yeah. <laughs> if not we're yeah. really close yeah so um you just queue up your media whatever it is you have and just 
put it to the 40 second mark or <laughs> the 40 second 40 minute mark <laughs> uh so just grab your vhs tape your beta tape your uh projector your um hd dvd your um all the formats that don't exist anymore yeah all the formats that have become extinct because nobody nobody uses them anymore or uh the like hollywood has just decided to move yeah. on to a new format you know what i think there's still people out there who use vhs tapes and vcrs there's still got oh yeah there. i'm sure i mean i'm sure somebody has somebody out there has a copy of like the lost world yeah they don't <laughs> have any new movies to watch on there but <laughs> <laughs> can't watch all the old ones at least yeah. up until like what 2004 2002 i think so well here's here's my uh stopping point uh star wars episode 2 was the last star wars movie to be released on vhs which was in 2002 yeah. so that's when i go by <laughs> hmm. what was the last vhs tape i bought see i should have got i didn't get the episode I two vhs either. yeah because it came out on dvd the same day but like the star wars fan who has multiple copies of every movie feels i should have had it just a had the only VHS copy of the movie, but I think the last one I had was the episode one VHS. Yeah, and you know how the um, the VHS copies came in the silver and the gold mm-hmm, uh, yeah. cases? I'm sure you had to get both, right? Of and backups for both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like a few years later, they released it again, this time with like behind the scenes like footage from episode two that was like only five minutes, and I still got it. <laughs> Yeah, so so I wonder if uh, I wonder if Disney is gonna release like, I mean, let's say the new format comes out, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're gonna re-release the movie. Oh yeah, they will. I mean, yeah. the big thing this year was the digital release for them, which is kind of like a new format for Star Wars, anyway, since this mm-hmm. is the first time. So that's their big release for the, all six movies this year. Yeah, right. Which I of course purchased. <laughs> <laughs> you know there's nothing new on it there were some new uh bonus features on there so yeah but the bonus features suck on them <laughs> they weren't that bad not enough to warrant a probably 80 dollars purchase for it that yeah someone who's not a diehard star wars fan probably wouldn't do but <laughs> well if you're only buying it for the um special features that one definitely isn't worth buying no. but i gotta say it's just cool to look at my phone you know what i can watch star wars right now <laughs> there it goes like <laughs> So you're sitting in like the, the doctor's office or something, and then you're like, I still got like two more hours until my appointment. Yeah, I can watch some Star Wars here. Exactly. You just bust out your phone. Yep. Jeez, it's just good to have that option now. Hey, you are a diehard fan. <laughs> <laughs> I proudly say so, yes. I, I wonder if there's like a hardcore... Um, like Terminator fan. Oh yeah, they're, they're, that's a strong really? fan too. Yeah. I, is there think, any? Is there any like Terminator podcasts? There's got to be. There's podcasts for anything, everything now. <laughs> I yeah. think, but I think the diehard fans are coming out right now too because they're not happy with the new movie. It looks like. Oh really? Yeah. Well, well I mean, it got terrible reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, so I don't expect. <laughs> I don't expect it to be mind blowing. I mean, you can't you can't always go by Rotten Tomatoes either, but I think. At least on Twitter and stuff, from people who are saying they're big Terminator fans or 
showing their disappointment with Genesis. So uh, I think that series just needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. There's three movies now that were unsuc- unsuccessful with fans. So I don't know what else more they can do with it. Maybe James Cameron needs to do another, another one. Yeah, you would think, but he's not, he can't even get an Avatar sequel out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Which is fine by me. I really don't care about that series. Yeah, but you see, what I don't get is uh, Terminator 3 sucked. I mean, it had its moments, but for the most part, it sucked. Uh, Terminator Salvation sucked. And then now this movie sucked. Yeah, it's so like, oh. Yeah, so like after... I mean, you would think after Salvation that they would be like, you know what, let's just stop making these Terminator movies. Or if anything, do something completely different. Stop using the same characters again, like John Connor. Yeah, John Connor. Connor. Kyle and and Arnold. (laughs) Yeah, and how come come John Connor is supposed to be like the the savior of humanity (laughs) in the future, but but he doesn't do anything in the movies? Yeah, see, that's what we should see. We should see him save the world and stop Skynet and all the robots. Or maybe like... Maybe, like, sacrifice himself or something, you know, at the end of, of one of these movies. Because, like, I think in Terminator 2, you just see him running, like, through the trenches of, like, a war. Yeah, it's and like then, kind of giving orders and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And Terminator 3, you don't see him, I don't think. See, I've never seen Terminator 3 or Salvation. Yeah, it was. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I've heard. Terminator Salvation. Where, I mean, that uh, one was, I still want to see because I just want to see Christian Bale as John Connor because I think he'd be a really good John Well, Connor. he does nothing in there. He, uh. I, mean, I mean, that's that's what I was saying. Like He he doesn't do anything in that movie. I mean, it's it's pretty much like he's like delegating orders. Man, he's, like a, he's more like a general rather than like a foot soldier. So, well, like... You heard about the big John Connor twist in this movie, right? Oh yeah, well they spoiled it in the trailer. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that he's like actually a bad guy in this Yeah, one. he's a T one thousand, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I mean don't make him the bad guy, make him the savior of humanity that we've had forced on our throats for the past four movies. <laughs> and what, <laughs> almost thirty years now? I know. It's like... No, the first one came out in eighty four, I think. So yeah, it's been over thirty years. Yeah, yeah. Well maybe it yeah. happens at the end of this movie, I don't know. Yeah, and what I don't, I mean, I don't know how or if uh, term, Terminator Salvation, I mean, uh, Genesis is is in continuity, but what I didn't get was how can Sarah Connor be in this movie? From what I... But she died from leukemia in Terminate, between Terminator 2 and 3. From what I gather, the plot of this movie, it's like, it's supposed to be a retelling of the first one where Kyle Reese is getting sent back to 1984 like the first movie, but oh. something happened in the timeline where everything's different now. So Sarah Connor is already like a, a, almost like a soldier already fighting along against mm. the Terminators and the robots, and so everything's different from what fans would expect from the first movie. So it's kind of like a I don't know if a retelling or a slash semi reboot type thing, <laughs> changing history, alternate timeline stuff like that. I heard this plot can kind of get a little confusing and out there when you see it. So who knows where it leaves off? But I've heard it like they're trying to set up sequels already for it too. So if it does good box office numbers this weekend, we'll probably expect another yeah. Genesis. I mean Terminator movie. It'll be called Terminator Exodus. <laughs> 
Terminator Exodus. <laughs> you got Genesis <laughs> Exodus. <laughs> oh, oh I see. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess it's all box office numbers because I mean, I I I, I can't imagine that these diehard ba- uh, not Batman fans, uh, these Terminator fans, um, like Terminator Three and Salvation. Yeah. And if they don't like this one, then and and this one's supposed to serve as kind of a reboot for the mm. series. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those series. Yeah. I think it's probably left should be best left alone now. It's like <laughs> you have the three strikes you're out <laughs> motto for these because it's like the third one now. And I mean, it's, I can't say it since yeah, I haven't yeah, seen right. them, but just the buzz I'm hearing about it, and like, fans aren't happy with it. So it's like it's going to be another swing and a miss. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, let's uh, talk about the Dark Knight or do the commentary for Dark Knight. Yeah, talk about an off-topic tangent. <laughs> Get on <laughs> there. Like Terminator. Yeah. Um, so yeah, j- j- just get your media queued up to the 40th minute, and I'm gonna give the countdown. So Tim, are you ready? Let's do it. All right, three, two, one, hit play. Wait, John Connor's in this? Oh wait, it's Christian Bale. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> Well, at least we get to see the bat suit. At least. I know this is a this. a milestone. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just been all like talking. <laughs> this I have to say, when I first saw this in there, I was geeking out a little bit before getting the history of Bane's backstory and seeing how much I was anticipating or anxious to see, like how much are they going to pull from the comics and how much are they going to do their own with Bane. Yeah. I thought the bat suit coming out of like the the ground or that platform thing was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I gotta brag a little bit here. Sorry, but <laughs> seeing that on display at the Warner Brothers a uh, lot more <laughs> last year, it was so cool seeing that bat suit in that exact same glass case was right, awesome. And I don't think we're gonna make it to that scene. No, we're not. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Ending on another shot with Alfred. Yeah, we started we started the the commentary on Alfred, and we'll end it on Alfred. See, so it's kind of like our C three PO and R two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There we go. Um, so, uh, Tim, why don't you give the good people at home our uh, featured topic for this episode? And this one's a good one. Oh it's yes, a really good one. <laughs> so we had our special Arkham Knight episode last week, but now since you and me have finished the game and I'll say finally for me because it took me a while but now we can finally talk about all the good story twists the amazing ending and everything that went on with that and it's going to be spoilers galore here so if you haven't finished the game yet you don't want to listen to this section because you got to experience this whole ending sequence pure and fresh not knowing anything just going into it while you're playing it and then probably just picking up your mouse from the floor afterwards so <laughs> needless to say we'll get into more details but i love the ending and how everything played out but uh well first let's get into this thing we left off on our special episode where i just gotten a little bit past the ace chemicals factory but you got to a point where a big thing happened in the game where right. i didn't reach yet so let's start with that <laughs> that's probably okay. what happened there okay yeah so when you were telling me it's something big it was pretty big <laughs> did I, you even expect that no i didn't 
Okay, good, good. Because I, I, I didn't during that episode while we recorded. I tried like not to even point you to the right character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know? I didn't say anything towards that. Yeah. So, but I kind of figured it was gonna have something to do with Barbara, as that's who you were looking for in that yeah. mission in that section. So. Yeah, so what happens again? Spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> this will be the last time I'll give the warning. But once you complete a mission where Batman's trying to rescue Barbara from Scarecrow, uh, you get taken to this building where she's being held captive, the same spot where Poison Ivy was in the beginning. And she gets gassed in the, with the Scarecrow toxin. It gets gassed in the room she's in behind a glass case, and Batman can't get to her. But so I'm thinking, okay, so she's just going to go all crazy. Batman's going to have to do something and get her out. But. Instead of doing that, she goes, no, I won't like let you take me or succumb to your fear. She pulls a gun out and boom, just shoots herself. But here's the cool thing. You don't actually see it because we talked about last time with Joker being in Batman's head and he's there with you throughout the game. He just walks right in front of her and like does a points a gun at you and just does like a silent bang motion. And then you hear the bullet in the background. Then you just see Barbara's body lying in her chair lifeless. And it was like whoa <laughs> I just, yeah. like, they went there like oh my goodness <laughs> i was yeah. shocked to say the yeah least. yeah and you definitely made a point when you said you know your jaw hit the ground because i couldn't believe it that they they would actually do something like that i mean it, it's it's just one of those things that just rips your heart out it's like yeah. oh man after all this all this searching around and chasing her and you know, ch- trying to keep up with uh, Arkham Knight and Scarecrow to 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 have her, you know, just get exposed to the fear toxin and then um, she kills herself. Is it just like I said? It just rips your heart out. <laughs> and what adds to it too is before I mean, you saw the flashbacks with uh, the Killing Joke, and then you see what the, happened with between Gordon and. Batman, how yeah. they had the falling out, and then when you see that happen, it's like, oh man, how the heck is Gordon going to react to this, and how is Bruce even going to face him and confront him after that? So yeah, it was it it, it was almost perfectly plotted mm-hmm. because you know you see the Killing Joke thing, and then you're like, and it, and it's really violent. It's it's way more violent than it is in the books, and then you get that Commissioner Gordon scene from that uh, animated series episode where uh, he's uh, mad at Batman. And then you have this, where she just kills her, kills herself. And then it's kind of... When you get to that point, it's kind of like, okay, now what? Like, yeah. I mean, I actually stopped playing after that. For a bit. Like, I had to take a break. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it's so devastating. Because it's like... I don't... It, you kind of think to yourself, like, how, how can they top themselves... And not only that, not not only how how can they top themselves, but you know what's the point really? Because you know that the kind of main goal of your of that current story up to that point was to save Barbara, and she's dead now, and it, it just takes the wind out of you. Yeah. Yeah, then after a little bit, then you start, okay, I got to get back to this game and like make Scarecrow and the Arkham Knight pay for this. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. Batman's feeling too. So yeah, that was a big turning point in the game how it was handled was really cool and then after that too i like what how they handled poison ivy in the series too she's more of a good guy than a bad guy and just some unique ways in how 
uh, you and her work together to stop the fear toxin and like get this giant plant that's sleeping underneath the city of Gotham. Maybe it's a little far-fetched, but in the universe, I think it works. And what we know about poison ivy, I was okay with it. Yeah, you see, I kind of didn't like that, though. I, I, I found those missions where you had to um, um, use that impulse uh, radar thing. Yeah. Uh, to find the, the roots of the tree or the yeah. core of the tree. I found that to be really, really irritating because um, going through tight places in the Batmobile is really hard. I mean, even in um, even in the battle mode, it's it's kind of hard. And, and Plus, I've tried to figure out, okay, I, I usually I, have these yeah. arrows that show you where to go, but there's nothing here. Think, oh, you got to use the... The, the radar, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Get the radar on your screen and then follow that to the root. So, well, it's not only that. It, I mean, it was kind of repetitive in the sense that you follow the roots and you got to kill all the uh, tanks. Yeah, because they're trying like, to stop you. Uh, say, okay, I got to get out of the the Batmobile now, and I got to figure out this puzzle to get the to launch the Batmobile over the gap or over the wall or yeah, the final one. I'll be with you there. That, was, that went on yeah. a little too long. It got a little tedious, I would say, to find the final tree route. Right, right. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. But probably my favorite sequence or levels in the whole game, besides the ending, which we'll get to, was the moment when Harley Quinn shows up in the old movie theater where Robin's trying to figure out the cure for the Joker toxin. I mm. love that whole sequence. Part, partially because of what's going on with Harley and trying to get these other people who are turning into the Joker because of the toxin that Batman has quarantined. But I just love working together with Robin in this sequence. I thought it was so cool. Not only just the uh, the dual play combat mode that we talked about last time, but even in the stealth mode where you're working together, you can switch off between them too, and you got to use both of them to take out like the bigger thugs and enemies who are have or are big and have these armored padding on them. You need Robin and Batman to take them out. And then that final sequence, or actually before that, when you take on that big guy with the Joker toxin, how you kind of have to do a tag team mode against him and you do these counters where Batman's on one side, Robin's on the other side, and you're both punching him and dodging his attack. I just love that whole action sequence. I thought that was really fun. And then too, at the whole end of that, where the final portion of that where you're, up against the singer Johnny Charisma, <laughs> but it's actually Joker, yeah. and then he's actually serenading Sing. Batman. <laughs> that was awesome. Mark yeah, Hamilton. you see, I, I, I did the, um, I did that guy before I, I did the, um, that big muscle guy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So see, I, I, thought, I guess there's not an order to it. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was scripted where you had to do each one of those in a certain order that the game developers want you to do, but huh. Yeah, I did too because like I couldn't figure out how to get through the the um, the gate. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do the Johnny Charisma guy, and then um, yeah, and then I'll do that big muscle guy. But I, I I guess it has I guess you can change your game because uh, Johnny Charisma for you is dead, right? Yeah. Mm. Right, right, because the, uh, the uh, doctor, or not the doctor, that old man kills him, right? Yeah, uh, he kills both of them. Or, yeah, or he kills both of them. Yeah, he actually kills everyone, the, other, the three patients, the girl, the big guy, and Johnny. Oh, well. right, 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 right. Never mind then. I, I guess it's just the body that's sitting there in that <laughs> in that amusement uh, <laughs> park. <laughs> yeah, I also like, too, where... Uh, Joker singing to Batman, but then that's using that as a distraction where you get to play as Robin trying to sneak up, defuse the bombs, and then yeah. you, you make your way up to take out Johnny Charisma slash Joker. But I just 
loved hearing Mark Hamill sing those lines of the lyrics. He had calling back to old games and what he's done to Batman, which is a really fun sequence. And like I said, the the modes were able to play and switch between Batman and Robin. I thought was really really cool. So that was one of my favorite parts of the game. Yeah, and that during that part, I had to do that a couple of times because I couldn't find the last bomb. Like, uh, like I, I got the first one, I got the second one, I got the third one, I got the fourth one, and then I just couldn't find that that last bomb. I didn't know where it was. <laughs> I, but then I realized that I'm missing the first one. I'm going two, three, four, five. Uh, <laughs> the one that's right there when you jump up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> See, my problem was I alert Johnny Charisma, but when they're supposed to take him down, I'd hit, like, the button too quick before the... Uh, signal popped up on the screen like what button you're supposed to hit from for xbox it's the y yeah. one so i'd hit it too soon and i'd get and he'd blow himself up <laughs> like three times like yeah. ah, i gotta be patient <laughs> <laughs> yeah um for that part i had to um i had to do that a couple times too like i got stuck on that part too because i didn't know that you had to wait <laughs> you had to wait for him to be uh like have his back torn. Yeah, to, to 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 have his back to, turned towards you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, thought, I thought you could just run up, and yeah, I was like, I did the okay. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like what the? But yeah. I so love- yeah. So so yeah. Me, Tim, and I were not the greatest video game players <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I like to think I am, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. <laughs> I get humbled many times playing games. <laughs> yeah, it's just like in Tomb Raider, like. Um, you know that part that was on Conan where they were all freaking out because yeah. <laughs> you know, Lara Croft kept on dying you know, in uh, crazy ways? Yeah. Um, you, you know when you're sliding down that river thing? Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times I had to do that. <laughs> like eight times. Wow. I don't think I did it that many times. I died like once or twice. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't avoid the spikes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially how graphic the death scene is when you don't avoid the spike like oh i don't want to see that again it's a spike through the through the head yeah okay so let's get to one of the big reveals in arkham knight the identity of the arkham knight himself and you're gonna agree with me here dan because we talked about this Mm -hmm. yesterday how probably one of our big disappointments of the game is who the arkham knight was and it gets revealed that it's who we expected to be jason todd and I was like, ah, really? First of all, it was way too obvious. I mean, right when he makes his first appearance in the game and he starts talking, his dialogue it sounds just like stuff Jason Todd would say and how he's referring to Batman as an old man and how I know you and all this stuff. And so I, I was thinking, like, and it's no way it's Jason Todd. It's way too obvious. The guys at Rocksteady aren't going to do that. But yeah. you know, well, they're like, oh, man, really? And plus the fact that why didn't they just go the Red Hood route? I mean, I didn't play that... Uh, story DLC. I think that was a GameStop exclusive. So maybe there'll be some explanation there, or maybe it takes place after this. Because by the end of the game, he's pretty much the Red Hood. But they created this cool-looking character with the Arkham Knight. And I just think it was a missed opportunity for Rocksteady to like make their stamp on their own new created villain, specifically for the game series. Maybe you can jump off into the comics or other maybe upcoming animated series or movies stuff like that. But in the end, it's just. Same old Jason Todd, just in a different costume. So, yeah, that was a big disappointment for me, unfortunately. Yeah, the the um, identity uh, thing, it's just one of those things where you kind of 
get the impression that it's Jason Todd. I mean, you kind of know it's Jason Todd, but you um, you try to tell yourself that it's not because they wouldn't do that, like you said. Yeah. But then you find out it's Jason Todd, and it's like, uh, I saw that a million miles away. I know. <laughs> and um, but besides that, I have to say the boss fight was pretty cool. The, the uh, Red Hood slash Arkham Knight slash Jason fight was pretty cool. I liked the stealth one at the very end. I did not like the big tank mode, like search hide and seek <laughs> part you had to play through to get to that. Oh no, no, no! I'm not talking about that part. I'm talking about the um, the part where yeah, the, the where you have to sneak. Okay, and, yeah. You know, there's the drones and the guys on the ground. That was pretty cool. But I was kind of hoping for more of like a, a fist fight between the two. I and mean, we got a few moments of that. And during the middle of the game, I was kind of hoping for like a main boss battle where you're fighting the Arkham Knight, with like just like a fist fight with all your moves and stuff. But unfortunately, we didn't get it. Yeah, but it, I mean, if they did, if they kind of did that, it would have been like, I think the message would have been lost. You know, with the message being that you know Batman has to kind of shake Jason out of it. That's true. And I don't think it has. It, it could done with violence that's a good point actually yeah part of it is probably just because i really like how the arkham knight looks and to have a cool fight (laughs) between batman and him in that costume would have been awesome but now even though it was disappointing to find out that it was jason todd i will say the story it doesn't make sense in the arkham universe where i mean those another cool part about that whole uh theater sequence we were talking about where you team up with robin batman sees these uh past uh, moments with joker and jason oh, todd when yeah. have him captured it's like oh man i mean we're just used to him being beaten with a crowbar and then he blows up but man this takes it to a whole nother level of torture that joker did to him and that was creepy it that was, was like a real creepy scene <laughs> yeah man i mean what they did with jason todd i thought was cool but and the reasoning he has for doing all this and going against batman stuff we've seen before but it works in the game. I just don't know why they had to create a new character like the Arkham Knight. They just could have made it a Red Hood. I mean, they probably wanted to go have the mystery route of who is this guy, but they made it pretty obvious from the get-go, so it kind of made no sense for them to try to keep a mystery when every Batman fan uh, would know who it is coming from a mile away. So it's a mixed bag yeah. on it. Jason Todd, his backstory with Joker was handled great, and but I don't know why it needed to be a brand new like persona for him as the Arkham Knight. Well, I was talking to um, one of my coworkers who uh, played the game, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know anything about Batman. He doesn't know anything about Jason Todd. He, okay. in fact, he didn't even know that Jason Todd was a Robin, right? Mm, okay. Um, so, to him, like I asked him, like first off, did you know who Jason Todd was? And he's like, no. And um, the scenes with the Joker, that that was kind of like a, you know kind of like a history lesson where you find out that, oh, okay, so Jason Todd apparently was killed by the Joker or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, real quick, I'm sorry, but that yeah. moment where Joker kills him, I mean, that was brutal where he's about to, he's at, Joker's pretty much has control over him and he'll do whatever he's saying, okay, who's Batman? Before he said that, boom, a shot right in the head. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. But, um, yeah, so it, it came as a complete surprise to him. And I mean, he he didn't know any better, and of course he didn't know who Jason Todd was, and he didn't know who the Red Hood was, and like, I guess for like the, not 
not even like the casual Batman fan, just like a person that likes the game. Mm. You know, it, it comes as a big surprise to them. Did he like it? Did he thought it worked really good? When, yeah, yeah. Good? He um, he told me that it's you know this kind of I can't remember his exact words, but like it, it was like the whole thing. You know, this whole game is about you know kind of in a sense batman not you know doing anything about jason's jason todd's death mm-hmm. you know yeah they made a point to say in those flashbacks where he's been held captive for a while i think they referenced it like it's been a month or so since joker had him captive and he hasn't even killed him yet so yeah yeah i, I will say out of the few jason todd death stories we've got and of course uh, death in the family and then under the red hood this might be the best one as far as really hitting it hard as what Joker did to Jason and why it's such a big thing to happen to Batman, why it's his greatest failure, what Joker does to him. So it was handled really good. It's just, yeah, it's, just, it's always going to bug me. Why do they have to create a new character, the Arkham Knight, when it's just could have been Red Hood and all that. So I don't know. <laughs> you know who I wanted it to be? Who? I wanted it to be Gordon. Man, that would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of that... Yeah. Do you want to talk about the great betrayal? Yeah, let's get into that. Sort of, kind of, a little bit. Yeah, when you get to that moment where you're supposed to be rescuing Gordon because Gordon found Scarecrow, but then Scarecrow captures him. But then you make it up to him and you're both... I mean, Bruce says he's sorry about Barbara. And I was kind of surprised. Like, okay, Gordon seems to be too okay with it. I mean, he was mad at Batman before. I think he'd be furious with him not even talking to him. But yeah. I was saying, okay, they probably just need to bury the hatchet right now and capture scarecrow but when they get to that elevator on the or the top of that building and scarecrow comes out or, or even before that you know on the way up they're talking about or, or gordon says something to the effect of you know you and i are like you know we both would do anything for family yeah or something right. like mm-hmm. that and i was like okay good they're, they, yeah, they, they had me totally fooled rock city had me totally fooled because i was like okay you know now they're gonna you know they're gonna team up and they're gonna take down the scarecrow this could be awesome and they yep. get to the top and then, well, well you can tell it to yeah see i'm having trouble because scarecrow his dialogue was so great where how it got revealed it was something to the fact well you're not the one i'm worried about like who I'm worried about doing his part to play, and like it turns to Gordon, and yeah. Gordon turns his gun on Batman. And is like, I'm sorry, this is the only way I could save Barbara. He's like, what? Barbara's dead already. But then someone comes, one of his soldiers uh, is wheeling out Barbara in his wheelchair. Like, oh, the fake out. And that might be. A, we were talking about this too. Like one, another little disappointment with that, where like her death scene hit us so hard when we were watching. Yeah. What we just talked about, and then to find out that she's alive, like. Kind of weird, like, oh, glad she's alive at the same time. Uh, it's kind of, I don't know if I would cop out the good word or just like yeah. the whole sequence, the stuff you're going through with Gordon's a less, little less impactful now. So I don't know, but the whole thing with Gordon betraying Batman, like, I didn't see that coming. And then I was like, oh man, is, is like the final boss fight going to be between you and Gordon or something? <laughs> like, I yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought they were going to twist it and then. You know, Gordon was going to kill Scarecrow, just up and kill him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got to stop Gordon. Yeah, and then or Gordon something. just shoots Batman and he falls off the building, too. When, yeah. That was a great sequence, too, where Scarecrow pushes Barbara off the building, too, and then Batman saves her, comes swinging out. Reminded me of 
the moment the Dark Knight where Joker drops Rachel and oh. Batman comes down and jumps off and saves her. So that was cool. But yeah, this another twist that we didn't see coming. <laughs> but yeah, just that's where it got me. Okay, I can't stop playing this game now. I got to get to the end to see <laughs> where this is all going to go. Because it's like, uh, I just want to find out what's going to happen next. And man, what, might as well get into the final scene with now because okay. you get into the part of the Arkham. You stop the Arkham Knight. Uh, you defeat Jason, but then Scarecrow takes over his army and they start attacking a GCPD. But Batman, with the help of Oracle, you're able to stop the tanks with the Batmobile. And she's able to hack the different tanks to even the odds. So you beat that, and then Scarecrow uh, sends a message. Or he kidnaps Tim, actually. And then, so he has Tim and Gordon, and he sends a message to Batman. Look, your only way you're going to save Tim is if you surrender yourself to me and we expose who you are. And then Batman makes the tough decision and he goes to meet with Scarecrow. And that's a, just leading up to that sequence was cool. So you get put in this uh, truck and it looks like you're in a car accident. But then it turns out to be a Scarecrow hallucination that Batman has because of his fear toxin with Joker. And this is really cool. I mean, you're going walking through crime alley and jokers there taunting you about your parents and all that and saying jokes like hey look i'm literally dancing on your parents graves and it's like oh man just hearing joker talk about what happened to bruce now that he knows his identity which is something you don't hear too often it is kind of eerily cool because <laughs> knowing how what mortal enemies they are just uh, like batman no joker knowing all of batman's secrets is kind of a trip to <laughs> take in so you get to the moment where you surrender yourself to Scarecrow. You're pretty much under full effect of Joker taking over Batman's mind and just slowly becoming the Joker and Batman going crazy. I mean, this is something I was hoping for too, where the final sequence would take place where it all began, Arkham Asylum. So seeing Batman get wheeled in like the Joker was in the very beginning of the first game, I thought was a nice throwback and kind of a nice uh, symmetry <laughs> between the two games. Oh, or even before that. Yeah, even before that, there's that opening scene from Arkham Asylum where uh, Batmobile's racing, you know, down yeah. that lane, and then, you know, they get to Arkham Asylum. It's the same thing in this game, you know, yep. they, they, except it's the van. Exactly, yeah. Now it breaks the fence and <laughs> just mm-hmm. goes right in. And man, I just love Scarecrow in this moment. I'm so glad that he was the main bad guy. And we were kind of wondering, is there going to be like a hidden ultimate bad guy like the puppet master behind scarecrow but there wasn't it was all his plan i really like that because one of the better uses we've seen of scarecrow in a while so he pretty much did what almost no villain did he got batman's identity exposed i mean that took me by surprise too i mean he had gordon take off bruce's mat or batman's mask otherwise he'd kill robin even shoots robin as incentive and i I thought something was going to happen red hood's going to come or Jason Todd slash Arkham Knight, he's going to come and stop him before they take off the mask, but nope. He takes off the mask, and Scarecrow was broadcasting live, so everybody was covering it. I mean, you see Vicky Vale on the monitor, and they're all showing Gotham's reaction that Bruce Wayne is bad, and I was like, whoa, they actually went there, too. I mean, man, where's this game going to go next? And then, <laughs> ah, this is the best part. Batman's mind is slowly being overtaken by the Joker, and it looks like the Joker's won, and just the way the scene... Like it pans into Bruce's face as you see like his eyes going green and then you get to a moment where like you you see Riddler, Two Face and Penguin all talking, okay, like we got him captured, what should we do with him? Okay, that's obviously Batman they have captured, but then they say, He's killed fifty of my men. I'm like, 
Batman doesn't kill. Who are they talking about? Then it slowly pans over, and you see it's the Joker. And then the I say the Batmobile loosely, but the Batmobile crashes in, and there's a big smile on it. And it's like, oh, man, it's the Joker-mobile. And then you take control. Joker hops in, and you just start laying waste to all of Two-Face and Penguin's men in this room. And I don't think these are rubber bullets no. that Joker's using. No, they're not. You just take them all out. A real fun action sequence. And when you're done there, it turns into a first-person shooter pretty much, which yeah. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It turns into a first-person shooter. Um, that was really uh, creepy, too. Yeah. Say, it scary. Yeah, because you're walking those... around as yeah. a Joker killing Penguin, killing Two-Face, killing Riddler. And it's not scripted, too. You pull the trigger whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> so, like really weird to be doing that killing off these iconic characters as the Joker but I don't know if you did this or were able to do this Dane but remember when Two-Face had the hostage I yeah. still tried to be good and kill Two-Face and not shoot the hostage that he had I was able to pull it off I don't know if you were able to yeah I tried I tried uh, but, I tried <laughs> well at but. least I tried <laughs> uh, yeah this whole sequence was the Joker, you're playing as the Joker taking over Bruce's mind. It was so, so cool. I mean, then you get to the point where Batman's slowly making his way back and trying to, I mean, it's, we've seen stuff like this before where, not just in Batman stories, but other stories in general, where someone's trying to take over the mind, but then the mind fights, fights back and you take control of your body and all that stuff. This is what was going on here, but to see it from Joker's perspective and what Batman's trying to show him, we get moments with Harley at his funeral, but no one's there. And then Batman's trying to show Joker that you're soon going to be forgotten. Once like once you die, no one's going to remember you. And or or I I thought that was his biggest fear. Yeah. Okay. That yeah yeah like he died and nobody cared. Yeah. So that. since Joker is somewhere in there, his blood is in Bruce's body, and Bruce has been exposed to the Scarecrow toxin. We're seeing Joker's fear too. So yeah, that was cool how Batman was using that to win over his body basically. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw it, but there's a there's a newspaper that says uh, like supervillains Riddler and Harley Quinn have a baby. Oh really? No, I didn't see yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, there's like a new like I I spent some time because I didn't know where to go. I mean, it's, I kind of got lost a little bit in that in that uh that sort of office room. Uh, and so I was just like looking around at all the stuff. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. I'm sure there's tons of cool little Easter eggs in there. Yeah. I just heard, I think, the report where they said Batman's arch nemesis, the Penguin, has yeah. taken over something. <laughs> like, yeah. what was it, the Joker? And then you get to this moment where you're, looks like you're in a, you're outside of Arkham, like you're behind these gates, and then these statues of Batman, like, just one pops up and you shoot it. Okay, but you can't go anywhere. Like, when you turn around, another statue pops up, then another, then another, and then you start shooting them. And then one moment you just turn around and, like, you the outside yard is just full of Batman statues. And as yeah. you're shooting them, this caught me by surprise, almost like that man bat scene was where the real Batman just pops out of one and just punches the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh man, this is this whole sequence has been great, but then what tops it off where you have one more fight between Batman and the Joker. And boy, man, did this get me pumped up with a big smile on his face. <laughs> Batman's fighting the Joker, your Joker taunting him, and how he's taking over, but then Batman says the iconic line from Batman the Animated Series, <laughs> I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman. That's Kevin Conroy hearing him deliver that again. Oh, man. I almost yeah. did like a loud cheer, like, yeah. <laughs> See, I knew you'd freak out over that, Tim. Oh, that was so cool. Just the fact that Rocksteady did her 
cool reference to the animated series like that. And there's been other ones, but hearing that iconic line by Kevin Conroy, man, it was just so, so cool. I just loved it. Yeah. And that whole sequence, Batman, of course, is able to win over the Joker. He's like, puts them in this, like, almost like a safe type thing, like a, a steel container. And then you actually see Joker scared. And Mark Hamill did a great job in that portion, too, like being really scared, like, no, no. And then his last words kind of hit home, where, like, he says, I need you. Like, you <laughs> kind of felt sorry for him in that moment. Yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs> it's not, it goes back to the whole thing where Joker and Batman, more the Joker, like, he needs Batman to exist. Like, we, the best Joker story that told when that's kind of his motivation. So that whole sequence was just awesome. <laughs> I just loved it. My favorite final act out of all the Arkham series. And uh, as a Batman fan, I don't think you can ask for anything better. It was just so, so cool. Yeah, I, definitely. I mean, especially like, um, you know, seeing Joker's greatest fear is him being forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, after he dies, you know, he's really nothing. The world has moved on from him. And I don't know, for some reason, it's it's that scene in that courtyard where, where you uh, you have to shoot all of the, the Batman statues. It's, no, there's something about it because it's frustrating. But <laughs> yet the, the Joker is frustrated. And like all of a sudden Batman pops out and knocks you out. I, I just thought that was like perfect. Yeah. Because you're in the perspective of the Joker, and you're feeling what he's feeling. Like you said, like kind of frustrated. Okay, there's all these statues here. What do I do? I'm shooting. Yeah, yeah, they just handled it perfectly. I just thought of it right now too. The the classic animated series line: "I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman." Do you remember what episode that was from the animated series? What was it, Tim? It was from the first appearance of the Scarecrow when Batman was induced with the fear toxin, and then he sees his father telling him he's a failure, and that's when he says that classic line so it's just great that the scarecrow story in the game is what triggers that line too so just another cool nod and callback to the animated series i just loved it and i guess they're big fans of the animated series yeah what batman, what batman fan is it come on i'm not <laughs> oh, this podcast is over <laughs> and then that's another really didn't get a bot like final boss fight for this game and even throughout the game there weren't really boss fights there were segments but that's yeah, but really you know what? As it. You know what? I'm glad that there wasn't any because yeah, the first two well. games, yeah, yeah, the first two games had like these these complicated boss fights um, that would you know frustrate you until you figured it out. Yeah. But this one, it feels like you know it's it's more it's more storytelling than it is boss fights. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the story ends, uh, Red Hood, or Jason Todd, Arkham Knight, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> does show up and stop Scarecrow from killing Batman. He keeps trying to induce him with the fear toxin, but now it's not working. So they stop Scarecrow. Batman's able to get Scarecrow to... He like has his fist with the needles and injections to make him inject himself with the fear toxin. So he's all crazy now. That was a cool sequence, too, seeing what Scarecrow sees Batman as. Kind of like Batman Begins and even that first animated series episode never yeah just a crazy monster not never fear nothing to fear i'm sorry <laughs> gotta get my episode titles right <laughs> otherwise bruce tim yeah. gonna call you out on it right yeah but hey, i don't want to make him cry again <laughs> uh, yeah so you stop oh, yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> is that video still off yeah it should be yeah it's probably you remember what look. you asked him yeah it was uh 
I, mean, I was talking about 20 years of Batman the Animated Series. It was his anniversary that made him feel old and he started to cry. <laughs> Bruce Tim cry. Yeah. One of my heroes, the first time I meet him, I made him cry. <laughs> <laughs> so another cool thing about the game, it really doesn't end. I mean, you don't get a credit sequence afterwards. You just get more stuff to do because if you don't finish all the side quests, Batman says he has to finish. He talks to Alfred. It's pretty much like he he knows it's over from the city knows that he's Bruce Wayne. So like, where does he go from there? But he's like, I got to finish what I have to do to get Gotham back. And then I like this. He tells Alfred, we're going to initiate the nightfall protocol or protocol nightfall or something with something with the nightfall name. <laughs> I just thought that was cool. Now I'm really anxious to see what that is. So that's what I'm going to be doing now. Trying to complete all the side quests and see what project or protocol nightfall is all about. Cause you know how big of a Nightfall fan I am. So if there's any small ties to that story in some way, <laughs> even if there's not, it just sounds cool, Nightfall. I just love that title. So, yeah, I can't wait to get all those side quests done now. How far are you with that on the side quests? Um, I'm working on the Firefly stuff right now. Okay. Did you uh, finish uh, Saving Catwoman from Riddler? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I- no, no, because the, the only thing I've done so far is the um, a couple of the firemen... Uh, missions uh the riddler stuff the catwoman stuff yeah and the firefly stuff okay yeah i finished riddler last night i saved catwoman the last puzzle on that took me a little while (laughs) but i was able to get it done it was pretty cool but then you don't actually defeat him until you find all the trophies so (laughs) that should be fun yeah before i spoil it i'm not sure if you finished it did you finish the side quest with those uh like dead bodies hanging all over gotham with the opera music playing in the background no, no, I didn't finish oh, Okay, it. Let's just say I was pleasantly surprised on who the main bad guy with that is. <laughs> Daz? No, someone okay, I wasn't good. expecting. Good, good. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Anarchy? Nope. Uh, Azrael? <laughs> I don't know. No, Azrael has his own side quest. I haven't started that yet. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, good, good. I, I, I can't guess it, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You'll be it's surprised, good. I think. Oh, so yeah, I love love this game <laughs> and this ending. If, if I get my little nitpicks, I talked about the reveal of Arkham Knight and Jason Todd and all that, but if I have another little nitpick, as much as I love the story, it was told great, but it wasn't completely original, I thought, because there was things that were just taken from other Batman stories without I've seen, especially from animated stuff. I mean, the whole thing with... Uh, what Joker was doing to Jason and even Joker trying to make sure he survives and the whole blood and Bruce reminded me a lot of return of the Joker way he uh, tortured Tim to get information. And instead of the microchip that he planted at Tim, he used his blood and Bruce, which I kind of like the idea a little bit better in with his blood and Bruce. It just adds more drama to it, knowing that he's trying to take over Batman's body instead of a Robin, but they both work good. It just, I felt a little, that made me think of Return of the Joker a little bit too much than I would want from a new Batman story. So um, I, that's a little nitpick I have. And then some of the stuff like with Gordon and uh, Barbara not really being dead because of Scarecrow Toxin uh, reminded me of the Over the Edge episode too, where you know where Bat- Barbara gets dosed with Fear Toxin and she dies, and Gordon or Batman are at each other's throat. So maybe. I feel I don't know if I'm gonna be too hard because I don't know I'm kind of sounding like Josh in his Scott Snyder article where he said he was taking too much from other stories. <laughs> so I still enjoyed it though, but I just couldn't help but remember some of those other Batman stories we've got. So those yeah. are my little nitpicks, but overall that ending sequence just so so good. I just 
uh, can't wait for other Batman fans to experience it too. So it's they're going to be in for a surprise. That's for sure. So I'm was anxious to talk about it with someone. So I'm glad I was able to finally talk about it with you, Dane. Because afterwards, my brothers haven't played it. And I know they're big Batman fans. Like uh, I want to tell you, but you need to experience it for yourself. So I'm not going to say anything. So no, no, no. Just just uh, spoil the crap out of it. <laughs> but, um, just be like, oh yeah, uh, Barbara Gordon dies. She goes back, blah, 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 blah. be like, oh, no, don't tell me. Um, to me, this game felt like uh, uh, Dark Knight Rises. A little I bit, mean, yeah. Like, uh, specifically the scene where, I mean, for one thing, Gotham is shut down. Exactly. There's only Commissioner Gordon, uh, some cops. Yeah, there's all the bad guys. streets of Gotham, yeah. Yeah, there's an army running the streets of Gotham. Um Gordon's trying to fight that army and Batman. Uh, and secondly, it was the sort of uh, the, the the fear toxin or what was it called? The sunshine or something? I don't know. I just was referring to it as a fear toxin. Maybe I missed that they had an actual term for it. Yeah, yeah. It was in the uh, oh. airships if you listen oh, to uh, the... The yeah. sunburst, was it? Yeah, sunburst. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, That's right. Oh, how cool was that? Flying. Yeah, yeah, like where you're flying above the toxin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that kind of reminded me of Dark Knight Rises for some reason. Um, but yeah, like you said, this is, I mean, besides the sort of unoriginality of it, um, yeah, this game was awesome, especially that ending, which is pretty surprising that you and me both agree on that because um, a lot of people didn't like that ending. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been going back a little bit, kind of seeing people's reaction now that I finished it, and it's kind of mixed. I think some people weren't happy, and some thought it was great, like we did. But I don't know, honestly, I just don't see how you could be disappointed with that ending, <laughs> with what you got to play and see. Maybe you could be a little disappointed with the story, but I think the sequence that you get to play as the Joker in Batman's mind, and then having them have their final confrontation, I thought was just great. So yeah, yeah, I just thought it was perfect. So I think it's safe to say that Rocksteady went out on top. If this is indeed their last Batman game, uh, hats off to them. They told a pretty awesome trilogy of Batman stories in the game that was also just as fun to play and experience through a story. So and I remember back when Arkham Asylum was first announced, like, oh, another Batman game. Let's see how bad this one's going to be <laughs> when we finally play it. But, man, that game blew everyone away, and then it just continued with City origins and now arkham knight so if this is indeed the last batman game that's going to have arkham in the title i can't think of a better way to go out and that's the thing we don't even know the true ending yet <laughs> we got to get through all the side quests yeah, we gotta to get see. Through all the stuff. yeah you're right so um yeah i mean i agree i agree with you uh rocksteady has pretty much topped themselves i mean they, they kind of did the impossible after arkham city because arkham city i thought that okay there's no way they could do anything that could make this any better but they did um and they added of course added some more features like the batmobile and added some features from origins like that uh the you know when you grapple oh uh, you know when you grapple and then you shoot up yeah yeah i was thinking of the crime scene thing that was from origins too oh yeah the crime scene uh the, where you can rewind the scene and fast forward um, so yeah, I mean, they topped themselves and they blew me away as, you know, Batman fan, they, they did almost perfectly. 
Yep. So let's give him a nice round of applause for this podcast. Yeah, really <laughs> a golf clap, a golf clap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I guess that's it for a future topic. Unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about, too. Nope, between this episode and our Arkham Knight special, I think we've got most of everything <laughs> great about the game coverage. So, yeah, yeah. just awesome. And apparently, uh, the PC version got, got a patch. Yeah, so that's more good news. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's like a, a game-saving patch or if it's just like a small thing, but... I know people uh, are able to play it now, so that's the important thing. Oh, okay. Thing. <laughs> and at least they're working on it. Yeah, yeah at least it's playable. <laughs> so you get yeah, something yeah. out of it. But apparently, like, Warner Brothers Interactive knew about this yeah, problem about that. for, like, months before the game was released. And apparently, uh, Rocksteady had a hard time porting it, porting the game to uh, the consoles. Oh, really? That's why there was, yeah, that's why there was so many delays. Yeah, it makes sense now. They are kind yeah. of spin it or are trying to spin it where they're like, well, I guess the same trying to make the game perfect, but it kind of makes you think, oh, maybe they're adding like more content and just want to get the story they wanted to tell everything in there, but not necessarily fixing bugs and all that. But yeah, yeah. So apparently, they had a hard time with the. Uh, uh, the console, or getting it to consoles, and uh, apparently Warner Brothers Interactive knew about the problems with uh, the PC version. So, uh, besides that, there's... Yeah, I just experienced one glitch. It was in a cutscene in the airship when you confront Scarecrow. The, something happened where the sound uh, dialogue wasn't matching the graphics where the you hear the voices talking, but their lips wouldn't be matching. There was like a delay. Yeah. So like, ah. Oh. Yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened with, uh, or when I played the PC version of Arkham Origins. Oh, okay. Um, for the entire game, except for the ending, because I still haven't seen the ending. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the dialogue uh, was just like a second off from the movement of the lips. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it if you were looking at it from far, you wouldn't notice it. But if you, you know, you were playing it, you would notice it. So, yeah, the one I experienced for this one thing, it was like a long, like three or four seconds. So it was really noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, there's only just one that one sequence, but still. Yeah, I mean, the only bug that I found was um, uh, I was fighting some guys. In fact, it was the rooftop. You know when you. Um, after you turn on the generator in the um, uh, at GCPD, yeah. and you go into the roof, and then um, you gotta fight those two guys, those two big guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, I was going through the roof, and like it looked like uh, uh, Batman's like like legs were cut off. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> You're pretty like, amputated, I, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I guess I fell through a little bit, like halfway. <laughs> <laughs> besides that i didn't really notice anything yeah it's just one thing for me it looks like one thing for you but yeah overall yeah. it was a good great experience actually oh and, and um a low frame rate um i guess they patched it because i didn't see it after uh after um that first day that i played it but um the frame rate would drop every time you're in the batmobile and you blew up a car oh really i didn't experience yeah. that really hmm Maybe it's just a PS4 thing. I'm not sure, but I didn't notice it after um, after that one time. Like 
like okay. I noticed it like every time I like I would blow up a tank or a or a car or something the fr- the uh, frame rates would drop but then like I played it the next day and it was it was gone so I don't I don't know yeah thankfully bugs that didn't kill the experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> more annoyances than anything not like PC bugs <laughs> or whatever um so yeah that's our that's our thing on um on arkham knight uh it's a great game if you have a new console uh you definitely want to pick it up if you're listening to this you definitely want to pick it up but um i guess we can move on to some news tim yes we can we got some cool ones all right so uh let's do uh the detective comics one first uh francis manipole is uh. He's going to leave uh, the book. I just said there were some good ones. This isn't one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so disappointed with this. I mean, it explains why Detective Comics right now is not having his art. Like, uh, so this is going to be the last arc with him and uh, Bouchelado writing it. So uh, there are, his art was so, so good. I'm really going to miss it. And he said he's doing it because he wants to do his own like uh, creative, creative project. So... Uh, who knows if it's going to be for DC, if it's going to be for some of the smaller comics, comic companies. But, yeah, I'm, to say I'm going to miss his art, and this is even their stories. I mean, what we got with the Icarus storyline and the art Anarchy, and I've been enjoying the new detective stuff so far. So I'm going to miss him. It just seems Detective can't get a solid writer on it for a while. And this is the first team where it's gotten where, okay, they're telling good stories. Let's have them last for a while. I mean, no more Tony Daniel and... Uh, I see. I can't remember with a John Layman who did the Emperor Penguin and all that stuff. So hopefully we don't go down that road again. But I think more than anything, I'm just going to miss his beautiful art. It was so so good. So yeah, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> As am I. And uh, you know, Detective. I haven't liked Detective since uh, the New Fifty Two ended uh, began, and. Yeah, it's like I I think it's just gonna be another book where it's like I'm gonna wait for Tim's review. Yeah, <laughs> until there's a solid writer on there. Hopefully, it doesn't get so bad where I'm not reading it anymore. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, could you imagine dropping Detective? It's not, yeah, I mean it's a Batman staple book. I mean, yeah. part of me is like, no matter how bad it gets, I can't drop it. But <laughs> I don't know. But we'll see. Hopefully, they'll get someone. To... I mean, I think it says that both him and Bouchelato are leaving, but maybe I could be wrong where it's just the last arc with both of them riding. Maybe Bouchelato will stay on. So I don't know. I wonder how integral they oh. were as a team. Yeah. You know what? I'm reading it on comic book resources right now. It says, uh, Manipal and Bouchelato's final arc. And that next arc of detective will be written by a dear friend of his. So mm. it sounds like it's the final one for both of them. So they're they're gonna go out together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna um, pull like a, a Beach Boys where like there's only one original member left. Yeah, <laughs> they're <laughs> still going. Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's been over for the past forty years. I don't know if you, I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah. uh, it's it's been beaten into the ground, and I think it's time to retire. The name sells the concert tickets. <laughs> John Stamos plays drums for them. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You know how big a fan he was on Full House. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess we can move on to the big news uh, for this week. And if you've 
uh, been following Twitter or Facebook or just comic news in general, uh, you, you probably know what it is, and it's the Entertainment Weekly um, uh, edition of or uh, Batman vs Superman uh, edition. I guess you you yeah, call it. It's like their Comic Con preview, and Batman vs Superman is their highlighted feature, which is awesome. yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's just more. I mean, I think the only things that we haven't seen is um, is uh, Man, I'm blanking on his name now. Jesse Eisenberg is yeah. Jesse Eisenberg okay. is uh, as um, Lex Luthor and uh, Gal Gadot in a nice dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's actually quite a few images that got the DC fanboy in me super pumped up. I mean, oh, and the the face to face. Yeah, that was what I was just gonna mention. How cool yeah, yeah. does that look? <laughs> it's like you could tell Batman's saying something to him, and like Superman has this no care attitude like like who are you like why are you doing this type look at him like no he's, he's not going to be really a threat but man, i can't wait to see this fight unfold but and also too the cover i mean how cool is it to finally see dc's big three the trinity in live action together in that pose i mean it just looks so cool and again that bat suit just looks better and better every time you see it and even Wonder Woman's costume looks really cool, too. Remember the first image we saw? There was complaints that how it was too dark. It wasn't the red and blue. It was more of a brownish tone. But there well, it is right there. Blue. Yeah, you can see blue. You can see the red. You can see the gold. Um, yeah, it looks perfect. I'm really happy yeah. <laughs> with how Gal Gadot looks as Wonder Woman. And, yeah, but don't you think that, uh, that uh, Ben Affleck looks a little fat. I, I don't know if it's just the, <laughs> the angle of his body or something, but he looks like he looks kind of like uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, Arkham City, was it? Uh, skin. <laughs> the one you didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. He definitely looks big. I don't know if I'll say fat, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it definitely looks big. That's for sure. But I man, I just can't again say how cool it is to see these three yeah. iconic characters in live action. I mean, when we see it on screen, man, it's going to be so cool. Then yeah, even that, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that bat suit looks awesome, but uh, just that Wonder Woman um, costume. I, I, I don't know why people don't like it, but I love it. Yeah, I, same here. I mean, I mean you, you can see the lasso there. Yeah, and, the sword or tiara. Yeah. Everything's there. I think it looks perfect. And and I, it's not that, it's not that like that bright blue, you know, yeah, I think it's, it's sort of tone. like a a muted darker blue. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm I'm just in love with it. Yeah, me too. And I also like that sh- shot too. I mean, nothing too much going on. It's just Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne and Gal Gadot as Diana Prince, not Wonder Woman. They're just together yeah. at a social event, and we've seen this before, even like Justice League animated series episode. I mean, that was a I don't know who did it, but I saw a tweet where there's an image where someone had all of these images in the Entertainment Weekly as actually either from a shot from an animated series or from a comic book shot and it's almost exact exact positioning like the shot with bruce and diana they were taken almost exactly from a justice league episode and the cover was taken from a comic where wonder woman's in center and batman super around the sides even the leg shot there was a comic issue that someone compared it to where he has his long orange hair so a lot of cool callbacks that i don't know if they're intentional but this could they're just doing a great job of capturing the comic book i think feel with these characters with how they look and how they're acting and interacting just from these images so uh, i this got me super excited for it i can't wait for what's gonna happen at comic-con that i hope 
gets revealed to the masses and we could all see and get more pumped for it but yeah and um ben affleck is uh graying or uh bruce is gray yep i i didn't think he was going to be that old i thought he was going to be um you know or like around the the christian bale mm-hmm. age no yeah they're going for the older batman i mean i like affleck's quote that he has from the magazine he was saying that the Bruce Wayne they're telling is, um, he says he's on the verge of being swallowed up by the anger and the rage that we see haunt this character and other manifestations of it. But this guy is further down that line and has become more embittered and cynical. And he's worried that Superman's power is going to like become an overlord and not necessarily a hero, but someone where Batman has to take out. So, yeah, it shows that he's been around for a while and how, like he yeah. said, cynical and jaded he is to everything, where this is going to be a Batman that's going to be even darker, I think, than what we've seen with Christian Bale. So I yeah, know some so, people yeah. have been worried about that, but I think yeah. it, I'm looking forward to see this more extreme take. Yeah, and so you remember when the uh, the full trailer came out and people were complaining about uh, Batman saying something like, um, do you bleed? Yeah, and like now it makes sense because you know this is he he's about to be swallowed swallowed up by uh, his anger and rage. Yep. I mean we always hear those lines Alfred says like he stared into the abyss but you didn't fall into it but now now he's saying he's closer than ever into that dark abyss so yeah. he's not necessarily going to fall into it where he's going to be completely like dark and turn evil. So I think that's going to make for a cool story. We'll see this Bruce Wayne who's more cynical and probably more meaner than as Batman than we've seen in previous versions but by the end, at least what I'm expecting is that he's going to come more to the light a little bit with Superman. Something's going to happen where they're going to become friends. I mean, it has to. There's going to be a Justice League movie. And maybe there'll still be that rivalry that there always is, but maybe we'll see this version of Batman going from extreme, like, dark to being close into that dark abyss to starting to come out of it. And that can make for a great arc, too, where he starts to see the potential in these heroes that it's going to be coming into this universe so the potential there from a story point with bruce is really cool so i just hope it all comes together and gets pulled off nicely because to me it really has me excited yeah all right so um i guess with that we can get into um our conversation with alex slash listener feedback so tim do you want to read uh alex's email Will do, and this will be the first time I'll be reading it. <laughs> oh, really? I'm not prepared for the questions, though. Hopefully they're not too... Ones that will stump me later on. I'll have to take five minutes to think of answers. <laughs> or, or you got to give them like a, like a uh, just write-off answer. Yeah. <laughs> a cheap one. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Okay, he says, What is up, Bat fans? Thanks for two great episodes. Also, I appreciate the E3 recommendations. I'm not really familiar with Final Fantasy, but I feel like I have to buy the Final Fantasy VII Remake whenever it comes out. I know gamers have been asking for it for quite some time. It's just tough for me to play video games where I have to take turns and let someone attack me. I'm not waiting for for some fool to shoot me. If I'm fighting, I'm not waiting around. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) RPGs aren't for everyone, I'll say that, especially turn-based ones. But the stories is what, and the strategy when you're fighting makes it worth it too, I think. I think you'll like it, Alex. He says, I'm not waiting, or it goes, also, I'm not really into anime, so I'm hoping it has a really good story. Then again, I don't really like sci-fi fantasy, but really like the Star Wars movies. Well, the first two movies, at least. I enjoyed the other ones, too, but it's just that you have to put a gun to my head to watch them again. That's all. That's harsh, Alex. That's really harsh. (laughs) I don't know if I can continue on with your email. 
<laughs> no, I'll persevere. He says, as for my expectations for as for my experience for Batman Begins, I didn't have much interest for the film when it was announced. I didn't like any of the previous films, and I never heard of Christopher Nolan, so there wasn't much for me to get excited about. I was content with Batman the Animated Series, and I didn't have faith that it would get close to the quality of that series. I know every episode wasn't perfect, but the good far outweighed the bad. Speaking of which, I like the Sewer King episode, Josh. Yeah, I got into it with Josh about that one. <laughs> anyway, I eventually got around seeing it at a drive-thru with some folks about a month or so after it was released. I thought it was amazing. Besides the Batman suit, I think the Dark Knight outfit is so much better. I thought they totally nailed the character in his universe. Swear to me, blood poison, blood, blood, poison, poison. <laughs> Rachel, all of it is not me inside. I am more. Rank among my all-time favorite moments for Batman. I just want to rewatch it right now. Sorry, Alex, I probably butchered those quotes from the line. <laughs> I couldn't do a good creation bill in that moment. It says, in regards to gods and monsters, I completely agree with your ranking. They were all really good, but that Superman one was easily the best. One last thing. Just because I said I thought Court of Owls was the best Batman story since Long Halloween, it didn't mean that I disliked Hush. I am deeply offended. I was just saying that I thought Court of Owls was that good of a story. By the way, oh my gosh, I do I loathe Hush? <laughs> that is questions. If you finish the Arkham Knight, how would you rank it among the other games in the universe? In order to save money, I didn't buy the game, but I ended up having to rent it twice to complete the story. I'll go more in-depth with my thoughts in the next episode, but man, it is great. His rankings are Arkham Knight, although I was really disappointed with how they developed the Arkham Knight, which we agree with. That was number two, Arkham Asylum, number three, Arkham City, number four, Arkham Origins. So, as you've obviously heard by now, Alex, we have finished the game, so I'll go ahead and give my ranking first. I'm still going to go number one, Arkham Asylum. Like I said last episode, that game just had a special place in my heart as being like the first truly great Batman gaming experience. And the story they told was getting hearing Kevin Conway and Mark Hamill do voices for Batman and Joker and kind of more mature stories than we got in the animated series, as great as they were. This was something different and unique to see those actors portray these characters. That was great. And the surprises that were in there, the Easter eggs, it was just so cool. So I think Arkham Asylum will always be my favorite, but Number two, I'm going to go Arkham Knight. As we talked about, <laughs> the great story and all the great stuff you got to play through really made it a great sequel. And this is probably going to be maybe a little surprising. I'm going to go Arkham Origins, then Arkham City. I think I like the story a little bit better in Arkham Origins. And there were some great boss battles in Origins, I thought. Um, the one first time where you fight Bane and Joker's having his meeting with the uh, uh, I say bounty hunters loosely because they're villains, but Joker put the bounty on Batman, so technically they're bounty hunters for this story. So that whole sequence where you fight Bane, and then the uh, Firefly fight was awesome. So there's a lot of great stuff in there. And Arkham City, there was some stuff I was disappointed with, with how Rachel Ghoul was handled, and this, the I don't know, this the whole the city was great, but I what that still felt a little limited to me. It was. Uh, of course, it was confined as Arkham City, so it wasn't the whole Gotham. But once what you play in Arkham Origins, and especially in Arkham Knight, that's where you're truly Batman in the city of Gotham. So, yeah, I'd go Asylum, Knight, Origins, then City. How about you, Dane? Um, I will go uh, Knight for number one. Uh, number two, Asylum. 
uh, well, pretty much Alex's list. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, number one, Arkham Knight. Um, it's, it was just a great conclusion to the entire series. Uh, number two, Arkham Asylum, because I didn't think a Batman game could be that good. Yeah. And uh, number three, uh, Arkham City. Uh, the the boss fights were a little repetitive and like uh, uh, irritating, um, but uh, just the the scope of Arkham City that would be expanded upon in Arkham Knight was was. Um, I remember it blowing my mind. Mm. And um, uh, number four, Arkham Origins. I don't really have an opinion on that one. It's more of the same. I haven't seen the ending of that. <laughs> I'm sure that plays a factor into it. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that, that that's how I'd list them. All right, and then the second question is, what are your top five favorite villains of the Arkham series? Alex would go Joker, Scarecrow, although he was also pretty disappointing in this last game. Wow, really? <laughs> I thought this was the best Scarecrow they had yeah. yet in the game. It's the most, this is the most he's been in the yeah. series. <laughs> so he goes Joker, Scarecrow, Riddler, Deathstroke, Mr. Freeze. So for me, yeah, the same as you as far as the first two, Alex. Joker and Scarecrow. And then, hmm, would she really be a villain, Catwoman? <laughs> I did like her sequence. And even Arkham City and the whole plot thing of trying to save her in Arkham Knight. So I did like how she was handled there. So, yeah, I guess that, you'd call her a villain, right? Yeah, I'm going to put yeah. Catwoman. And then, I'm trying to think. See, I you didn't really fight him too much, but the I just like having Two-Face in there. It's not a Batman game without Two-Face. And some of the missions, I haven't finished the Cyclist on Arkham Knight yet, but stopping his bank robberies was pretty fun. So I guess I'd go Two-Face. And then, I'm trying to think, oh, I'll, I'll, I got one. The final boss from Arkham City, Clayface. That was a nice surprise. Really? Yeah, I just like that boss fight. And seeing Clayface out there <laughs> fighting against him as the last boss, I thought was really fun. So it was yeah. short, but I still liked how he was handled. Uh, for me, it's um, it's going to be uh, Scarecrow number one because I loved in Arkham uh, Asylum when uh, you would go into his fear toxin thing and it's kind of like a totally different game because yeah. it's, it's, it's like a, a side scroller like Super Mario or something. Um, I really like that. Uh, and it, of course, in Arkham Knight, I mean, he was just like one of the best villain rep- representations of of uh, Scarecrow yeah. in uh, any medium. Uh, and my number two would be Joker because. I mean, it's the Joker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the main villain for the first two games. Um, uh, number three, I would probably say uh, Mr. Freeze, because in Arkham City, that was one of my favorite boss fights when you, uh, when you fight one. him. Yeah. Uh, number four, I'd probably say uh, Lake You Catwoman, and number five, I would say... Um, hmm. Dang it, Alex. Why do you always do this to me? <laughs> always that <laughs> um, last one. Yeah, it's always that last one. You can't quite nail it. Um, uh, you know what? I'll just say Zaz. It, although it's not really a boss fight. It's, <laughs> it's not like the really easiest a, boss fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> like you said, it was easy. <laughs> but yeah, that's my, that, that's my uh, list. 
And his third question is, what is your favorite supporting character? For me, it's Talia. I like that she just went straight for it and tried to kill the Joker. Mm, you know what? I really like the sequence that I talked about with Robin in Arkham Knight. How you got to play and have him and Batman. Take Dang him. it, Tim! I took Stop. yours. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nightwing was cool, but I I think they did it better with the Robin sequence. And then plus, it's Batman and Robin. I mean, it's just classic. <laughs> Those are the two partners that you want to see team up in a fight and then in stealth mode and then have one distract the villain while the other disarms the bomb. So it was just great utilization of both characters. So that was my favorite. Even though I'm still not sold on Tim's look in this series, <laughs> still would prefer the more classic comic book look. Oh. Yeah, that 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 sort of uh, uh, Batman and Robin-esque. Yeah. <laughs> look. The more Crystal Donald look. Yeah, Crystal Donald. But that was the other thing we didn't touch on. What did you think about Tim being like the romantic interest for Barbara, not Dick. I know it's controversial, especially for people that really love that whole uh, Babs Dick um, storyline or ro- romance. Uh, but hey, I liked it. I thought it was an interesting take. It's it's not. It's uh, you don't really see a lot of it, but it kind of feels like its own thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, initially I was like, oh, why didn't they just make it, have it be Dick and Babs? I mean, he's in the game, so it's like, they're trying to be something different, but in the end, it really didn't amount to anything, so it's not really anything to get too upset over, <laughs> so they just wanted to do something different, and they did. So Yeah, because, I mean, they they barely touch on it, so... Exactly, I don't think they even talk to each other in the game, so... <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah. Yep, so that's it for Alex's email. Thanks again, Alex. The questions... I. Didn't stump me too bad. Just had to think for a little bit, but <laughs> hopefully I was able to get the answers in quick enough. But as always, there's always that like we tell that one question that makes us think, but at the same time, which is great too. <laughs> and I got emails also from Mark and Corbin. I just got to bring those up real quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, why don't you read uh, Corbin's one? I'll, I'll read uh, Mark's one. Okay. And now it's up, and I'll go ahead and read it from Corbin. Did uh, Mike send us an email? No, nothing from Mike this episode. Okay. So Corbin says, and his title is, Unfortunately, Corbin reminds me of Hello, Megan from Young Justice. <laughs> I know what you mean. Those not familiar with Young Justice, that was the show Miss Martian watched and kind of took the persona of the main character. So <laughs> that's Corbin's sitcom, Unfortunately, Corbin. He goes on, Hey, guys, it's been a while. I've had a lot of family troubles recently, lots of funerals adding to being depressed, and that's been no fun at all. So I'm glad to finally have time to send you an email and be doing reviews again for the website. Well, sorry to hear that, Corbin, but glad to hear you're doing better and sending us an email again. Like you said, it's been a while, and getting to chat with you on Twitter has been cool, too, with all the awesome stuff going on with Arkham <laughs> Knight and the Batman pictures. So yeah, don't we make you, you laugh, Corbin? <laughs> so Hopefully we brighten up your day a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. He says, Talk of Batman Begins got me thinking. I would have been 13, and my grandma took me and my cousin to see it at a small, crappy theater. Don't really remember my first impressions of it, but I know I liked it. I remember seeing Dark Knight with a group of friends the Saturday after it came out. And it was right after we had a rehearsal for a play from one of our Bible conventions, which was funny because I was all dressed up in a suit along with five other guys. People probably thought we were cosplaying as Bruce Wayne. <laughs> How come you don't do that, Tim? I should go dress up as suits right after. <laughs> like we no, have... no, no. I meant like these Bible convention things. Oh, you mean be in the plays? Yeah. Yeah. Never done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 
gonna be fun for those. I get to dress up in costumes and all that. So, so, so what is it about? So, like, different there's different Bible stuff. Yeah, different subjects, like, different topics, and you do like like old, like Bible stories and so that's where you get to dress up in like different costumes and stuff like that. Oh. So he goes on to say, I agree with what Tim and Alex had to say about Clone Wars. I recently finished the entire thing. Except for the battle droids. I loved them from episode one. I thought the lighthearted, humorous tone was a perfect and redeeming quality that they gave them. <laughs> I, it's rare, but there are some people who like the battle droids, and Corbin is one of them. I agree that in some moments they are funny, but I just thought in season one it was a little too much. But they toned it down as it went on, so it's all good. And he goes, sticking with Star Wars, have you guys played any of the RPG board games? Me and some friends and my wife have been getting together about once a month to play, and that's been so much fun. I have two characters so far in two different games. One is a Frankenstein slash cyborg character, and the other is a human replica droid, and he's based on Pinocchio. We goof off a ton, and our characters are so not Star Wars, it's hilarious. If you don't play, I highly recommend you trying it. Yeah, unfortunately, I never got into the RPG board games, Star Wars or anything, so I heard they're fun, but I guess I'd stick to the video game versions instead. <laughs> never really got into it. Have you, Dane? No, not really. Um, if there was one, I played uh, back at my old comic shop. Um, I can't remember the name of it. It was really simple because you were an X-Wing pilot. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> well, it didn't leave that last, much of a lasting impression on you, I guess. <laughs> no. But um, he finishes off by saying, Joss was awesome on the show, and it got me thinking. We need to figure out when we're doing the Bat Fans fan takeover. Joss, Alex, Mike, Mark, and me should all do an opposite day show where we host and you guys send in the email. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think that needs to happen. Well, we get to be the listeners for a change day and we send the emails. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll we call, should. We will call it the Bizarro Bat Fans episode. <laughs> Although... It should be a point where there's nothing big going on. Otherwise, you and me would definitely want to still talk about it. <laughs> Got to be selfish that way. But yeah, you're right. Thanks again for the email, Corbin, and we'll look forward to hearing from your next one, hopefully next episode. All right, so Marine Mark says, Hello, Dane and Tim. It's finally nice to be able to sit down and write you guys an email. As I sit here eating salty caramel ice cream, some thoughts came to mind. <laughs> I was finally able to read some old continuity uh, Batman comics, namely being Batman and Son by Grant Morrison. I started Batman R.I.P., and after that, Dane, I'll read Batman Under the Red Hood and then No Man's Land. And I'll be done with the major Batman story arcs. I've been spending so much time reading old New 52 story arcs to get caught up on some DCU comics. It would be nice to wind down and not read so many different comics. Anyway, San Diego Comic Con is coming soon, and are you guys going? No. No. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> I was in San Diego earlier this year, and I saw the convention center, but... <laughs> just a few uh, months early. Yeah, just a few months early. See, see why couldn't uh, my girlfriend's uh, nephew graduate from the Marine Corps in July this month? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could have been early and been the first in line for all the Hall H panels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I hear Batman v Superman is going to be a huge event there. So here's some questions. What do you think the, ro the Rotten Tomatoes rating will be for the movie? Will the movie... Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. let's do the Rotten Tomato thing first. Um, I think it'll be like in the 70s. Yeah, I think think it's going to be a little bit better than Man of Steel, because Man of Steel was not that great. It was... 50, yeah, yeah. I mean, which I totally don't agree with because I loved yeah. it, but I think they'll do a little better with than Man of Steel did because maybe more people will be prepared for what type of movie it's going to be now that they've seen Man of Steel. So I, I agree with you, Dane. I think, I mean, I hope it's in the high like 90s and or 80s. That'd be great, but I think probably 70s would be its high mark, and maybe even in the 60s, just based yeah. off what Man of Steel got. So hoping for the best, though. And will the movie be a huge, huge hit? I think it will. Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, we, I mean, we're bringing up Man of Steel again. We saw that Rotten Tomato score, and that still made good money. Not probably as much as Warner Brothers wanted, but it was a hit. You can't yeah. say it wasn't. So, especially just having Batman in there, and Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman in the same movie, and it's going to get people to see it, even if they might not expecting it to be good if they didn't like Man of Steel. But people will see it, and it's going to make money. I think it's going to be a big hit. And does the success of this movie dictate if the other Justice League and DC uh, DCU movies will be made? Um, see, I don't think it's going to affect Justice League. That's probably going to be in yeah. production a little bit already by the time this movie's done with. So. Well, they they just finished the script today, or at least it got announced. Today. Yeah, they finished it. So yeah, so maybe some of the later movies like Cyborg and Green Lantern. <laughs> These aren't successful, and those might be in danger. But I think the ones for the next two years, like Justice League, Wonder Woman, of course, Suicide Squad, which is filming, those yeah. are all safe. And that's another thing, too. I think in the entertainment article, uh, Zack Snyder kind of gave a title to what we're going to call these movies. Because, you know, Marvel is called the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they're calling this the DC Extended Universe. So I guess we'll have DCEU. to... Like, yeah, <laughs> let's start getting more familiar with that term instead of like the DCCU. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that sounds better. The DCE or the DCEU. That's what it is. Yeah. Once I learn how to say it, it'll sound better. Yeah, it's not like, but uh, well, maybe they should call it like the uh, Star Wars. Um, uh, like the anthology. EU. Yeah, oh, the yeah. EU. <laughs> and the that was kind of is. Yeah, extended, expanded. Yeah, you're right. Or no, no, they, they should call it, or what do they call it now? The the legacy, yeah, legacy the, stories. The stuff of the, the stories that don't count anymore in the canon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they should call it that. Sounds cooler. Uh, um, the DC Legacy Universe. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound bad. But uh, Mark uh, goes on to say, I've really like the new DCU line, and it's nice to see creators have some freedom to write fresh stories. Also today, Francis Manipal announced he's leaving Detective Comics to do uh, creator-owned stuff and uh, original graphic novel. Uh, you had to remind me, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this means he's left DC. I love his art, and it will be missed in the world of Batman. On another, another note, how do you feel about the current lineup of DC writers and artists? Well... That, I, don't, I haven't read too many of the new books, but I say with Green Lantern been great and Batman Detective and Batman Son of Robin I've enjoyed, but I'm still waiting on <laughs> as far as writing to see what Scott Snyder does with his Batman art. Of course, Greg Capullo's art's been great, but yeah. yeah, still on the fence. And Detective took a massive hit on the art <laughs> with Manipal leaving, so <laughs> that's the hit, but. As far as the other titles, I haven't read really too much. Like like I said, I mainly just focus on, on Batman and Green Lantern stuff. 
And if there are stories like the the first arc for Superman or Wonder Woman turn out to be really really good, I'll go back and get them in trade and stuff. But I'm not hearing they're really fantastic right now. So well, it's kind of a wait and see on the other stuff. Yeah, for me, um, no current lineup of DC uh, either comics or writers and artists is complete without Batwoman and J.H. Uh, Williams. And what's he and doing now, anyway? He's doing Sandman. Okay, I think I asked you that before, but... Yeah. Uh, Hayden Blackman, I don't I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's doing some Star Wars stuff? No, he's not. Oh, uh, he's not? Oh, okay. I wish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no uh, lineup is complete without those things. Um, it's sad that that book got executed. Uh, and it still makes me depressed. <laughs> they had such a that DC's had such a problem with uh, Maggie marrying uh, Kate, or Kate marrying Maggie, or a same-sex marriage period. Even though they said that wasn't it. Um, yeah, for me that was just a shot like. It was like a bullet in the head. It just... It almost made me want to stop reading Batman comics. Because... To me, that was like the best Batman book. Because unlike... You know, Batgirl or at the time Batwing. They didn't have to... They they didn't have to keep the story connected to the current Batman continuity. They they didn't have to keep it close to Batman. They could do whatever they wanted. In fact, uh, I think either the last arc or the second to the last arc, uh, and I'm talking these mini arcs because I think they only did two large major arcs. Um, uh, Batwoman went off with Wonder Woman, so... It was just like uh, it was almost an, an other world's book, but uh, it just it just made me sad. It's <laughs> <You can still laughs> the, the hurt in your voice, Dane. <laughs> yeah, and the Batwoman number zero when uh, DC was doing the number zeros, mm-hmm. that was the greatest single comic in the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's sad. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mark goes on to say, Lastly, have you seen the new Marvel lineup of post-Secret War books? Outside of Star Wars, Dark Tower, and The Stand, I'm only interested in Daredevil. Uh, how about you guys? Yeah, for me, I mean, it's kind of the same with DC, with Convergence and Marvel with their Secret Wars. I, had, I don't know, Maybe I just wasn't in a mood for universe-changing story and semi-reboot stuff going on. I was kind of turned off by both, so I'm still going to stick with Spider-Man, but nothing else really to, to jump on. I mean, I got the Marvel Unlimited app, so new books get on there like six months after the release, so while, maybe later on I'll check out some of the good ones, but I'm not really going to be following anything other than Spider-Man just because he's my second favorite superhero ever, so I'm going to stick with him. And of course, the Star Wars titles, which aren't affected by the Secret War stuff. Man, imagine that if that was in the Marvel con- Universe continuity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my stance on Marvel. Do you read uh, Spider-Gwen? No. Or whatever that's called? No, I, I read the Spider-Universe or the Spider-Verse uh, story where she spun off from 
pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't really kept up with this series. So like I said, it's kind of hard to get invested with stuff that's happening before their universe changing event and then see what happens after that. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, I guess I just wasn't in the mood this year for reboots and universe changing storylines. <laughs> it turned me off more than anything. That's like the jaded cynical comic book fan in me <laughs> sounding like a hater and i don't want to but <laughs> that's how i felt so, so what about um wasn't there a black guy that was spider-man miles morales i guess yeah uh, yeah he's still he's from the ultimate universe line and kind of like all the universes are combining into one world so him and peter parker are going to exist in the same universe now so they're both spider-man yeah uh yeah, but doesn't that lessen the importance of Spider-Man? Yeah, see, I don't know how it's all going to work out yet because I didn't really yeah. follow the ultimate storyline. I read some team-ups with him and Peter Parker, which is cool. And so I don't know how it's going to work. I know Spider Peter Parker is kind of almost becoming Bruce Wayne after this whole Secret Wars <laughs> thing where he's going to be like a successful businessman with Parker Industries and he's going to be traveling the world and kind of almost like a celebrity status. So. Maybe he'll be like a globe-trotting Spider-Man, and Miles Morales will be like the local New York City hero type of thing, almost like Batman Incorporated. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, every good comic book um, has has a little bit of Batman in them. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Or it's a good way to look at it too. You, t- you take from the best. Or it's kind of like, um, is it Black Panther? Mm-hmm. The, the Marvel uh, movie that they're going to make. Mm, yeah. That's pretty much the Batman Beyond suit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say, man, this suit looks really cool, but we all know why. It's because it looks like Batman. <laughs> well, Mark uh, closes uh, his email by saying, well, have a great week, week, guys, and don't get too smashed over 4th of July. Tim? Yeah, not a problem. talking to you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> My concern is making sure uh, the cats I have don't get too scared with all the fireworks that go on. <laughs> Got to keep them in the house and keep them <laughs> occupied. Well, I, I, I guess it's good because uh, over here will be uh, where uh, fireworks are illegal. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah so. Good. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that. Um, and he signs it. Much love, Mark the Marine. Now, Marie Mark. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to take that away from you, Mark. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not Mark the Marine. It's uh, Marine Mark, because it's kind of like uh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hogan Hulk. <laughs> like Hogan Hulk or Hogan the Hulk. It doesn't really like have uh, have that appeal, you know. So yeah, it doesn't have a nice uh, ring to it. Marine Mark, right there. Yeah, I agree. Marine Mark does sound nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, th- thank you everybody for sending in your emails. Uh, we always love reading them. Uh, it's part of the show. Yeah, it's the best part of the show, and I don't think we'd be still be doing this if it wasn't for everybody that emailed. Um, or maybe Tim would. <laughs> I'd be doing it by myself. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe you'd be doing it with Kyle, and then, like uh, the that, like you would be your regular self, and like how you're kind of jokey and everything, and then Kyle would just be like. Yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> we call Next up, we have our comic book reviews. <laughs> the Bat Band slash Star Wars The Saga continues. Timmy time without Pez podcast. 
<laughs> I wonder if you could do that. I wonder if you could have a Batman and Star Wars. Well, we kind of do that. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means we also have a Jurassic Park podcast, <laughs> Jaws podcast. I wonder if there's any of those podcasts out there. I think we're pioneers in that field. I guess so. Much I guess as, we, Much as we, we talked about Jurassic Park, we didn't talk about Jurassic World, I don't think, since we saw We did. Did we? Yeah. Sure. Well, I know we talked to you through text, but on the actual podcast. Yeah, on the podcast. Uh, the one that it was just you and me, not uh, Josh. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, we can talk about it now if you want. <laughs> I don't want to repeat myself <laughs> if I did. I'll just say I thought it was great. So that ending sequence, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just say that in case I didn't say it, even though you're saying that I did, but I don't remember. I don't know. I'm getting confused. <laughs> well, that's what you get with the age. Right? Right. I am old. I'm in my 30s. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I'll, I mean, this has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about, but um, earlier today I was playing uh, Grand Theft Auto 5. And not Arkham Knight. The side quest to be completed. Come on, Dane. <laughs> no, I mean, I like to take a break from stuff, but um, it is... Is that game based on Los Angeles? Um, I don't know. I never played the Grand Theft Auto game. Oh. So I thought when I worked at GameStop, there was the one that came out. What is it? San Andreas, was it? Yeah, yeah. I think that one was. Oh, because... I don't know. It, it reminded me of um, Los Angeles when I went there. I'm sure one of those games. <laughs> so so how far was... Um, how, how far is uh, San Diego from Los Angeles? It's like about, if you're driving in a car. Yeah, it's about two and a half to three hours. So, so how long would it take you to get from Los An- or uh, your house to Los Angeles? Um, if there was no traffic, which is almost impossible, probably like an hour and a half. Oh, oh, it's not bad. Like an hour to an hour and a half, but when there's traffic, it's always like around two hours or something. <laughs> yeah. So how... How 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 long would it take you to get from uh, your house to the Oakland Coliseum? Uh, <laughs> a long time. <laughs> uh, it's like a day. A day? Trip. Yeah. <laughs> day wow. Like, like you would have to get a hotel room? Yeah, I think so. Jeez. I never calculated that because I've never been there. But <laughs> yeah. Usually when you travel from L.A. to Oakland or San Francisco, most people usually fly. You see, it still amazes me. I mean, to this day, I've been to the the mainland numerous times, right? Um, But when we were flying uh, into uh, San Francisco, Mm -hmm. we went from here to San Francisco down to San Diego, uh, it it just amazes me that that goes on for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and and forever. (laughs) I don't know why. Like, I always get that feeling like, like when I went to uh, Colorado, it was the same thing. I was like, wow, I can walk in any direction and not hit ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you've probably seen more of California than I have, Dane, than I live here. <laughs> really? Yeah. You've never I, been to San Diego? I, that's probably as furthest I've been. <laughs> like San Diego and like Palm Springs, Palm Desert are the only – like even when I was younger, I don't do vacations anymore. Just like, when yeah. I would go on vacation, would be there. So. Yeah, I don't travel much. I don't plan to in the future. <laughs> I've been to San Diego twice, Tim. Is that more than you? <laughs> That's actually the same as me. I've only been oh. twice in my lifetime. 
And have you been to um, the second time was just last year when they had that special Star Wars Rebels screening at yeah. Comic Con. <laughs> have you uh, have you been to San Jose? No. No. Yeah, I've been to San Jose. So see, I've I've got I've always I've always I will always have one up on you, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a bad California resident. Yeah. Yes, you are, Tim. <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> It's like, uh, what, uh, what, what part of uh, California are you from? I'm from, you, get, you can just say Los Angeles, that's the one everyone knows, but I'm, the city where I grew up in was called Alhambra, and it's kind of near Pasadena, which is kind of a big city, I guess. Okay, so let's just say familiar. Pasadena, right? Mm. Uh, what's like, I don't know, directly south of Pasadena? Directly south of Pasadena? Yeah. Or north, or whatever. Yeah, see, the city's like called Arcadia, and then okay, so like a little like north of Pasadena. So, okay, so uh, Tim, you've only seen Arcadia and Pas- uh, and uh, Burbank. Pretty much, because I've worked in Burbank for almost ten years. I that was a long travel commute there, <laughs> so I've seen plenty of that to last me a long lifetime. Well, how long did it take you? See, sometimes it's like take two and a half hours. Sure. really bad really bad like holiday weekend fridays sometimes yeah. i take three hours to get home and it's like bumper to bumper yeah. and not moving yeah yeah i hate but that that's where podcast definitely came in handy <laughs> oh yeah yeah especially like a long form podcast like how we do it yeah it's funny i go like ooh, a two and a half hour podcast this will last and then it you get depressed when it's like it's over like oh, i gotta yeah. find something else to listen to i'm still yeah it's the same thing uh you know when i'm at work it's like oh man it's only it's only eight o'clock <laughs> so i still got like six four hours yeah. um oh good a two and a half hour podcast let's listen to that especially when um well i don't think dustin them do it anymore but when they used to do the um the commentaries for the Nolan movies and the, and you know the Burton movies, mm-hmm. those used to be really good. But well, uh, there'll be another one for Batman v Superman. So yeah. <laughs> no, that's like more to twenty sixteen on a long work day. And here I am complaining about twenty minutes to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does take me thirty minutes to get back. So yeah, yeah. I know. I I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the traffic is bad no matter how long it is, but it just when it lasts the longest is when it gets more irritating. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and another thing too um, about San Diego, I didn't know that Petco Park was right in the middle of downtown. Really, neither did I. <laughs> oh, you didn't? No. <laughs> it's like right in the middle of like the downtown area. So I was like, like, wow, like is the traffic harder to like around there you'd think to get parking and all that like be an asshole oh yeah definitely because i mean it's a downtown area there's a lot of stoplights and the dodger stadium is awful with parking like i say it now where i never want to go to a dodger game just because of that (laughs) it's just really oh yeah why what happened it took forever to get out one game like probably the last game i went there i spent like two out two and a half hours in the parking lot just waiting to get out like uh really yeah and top it off, the Yankees lost that game, so that made it even worse. <laughs> so, so why was it so bad? It was just so crowded. I just how the parking like structure too. The way you get out it would just take forever. Oh, so you park in a structure? No, it's not a structure. I mean, just like oh. how the parking lot is structured, how it's laid out, just a mess. 
Uh, what is there only like one exit? It sent like it that night. <laughs> yeah, that was back in 2004, and I. Haven't been there. Actually, I did go in 2010 again, but yeah. we left early that game, so we didn't have to deal with it. But a full yeah, night inning game, I don't think I'll do again at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> and it looks like, uh, you, you know, when you go out the exit, it looks like it's just like a back road or something. Yeah, it is like that. Yep. It, it's it's kind of like there's no houses around. Yeah, just uh, trees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, just like trees and mountains. Yeah, that's exactly it. Jeez, like, I don't know, like, California has, like, the weirdest locations for baseball stadiums. Well, Angels, Anaheim Stadium, or Angel Stadium in Anaheim is a nice area and a nice spot and parking lot where it's easy to get out of (laughs) forever, so I don't mind going there. Oh, so you've been to that, uh, that stadium. Mm. It's a lot nicer than Dodger Stadium, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Well, if it's nicer than Dodger Stadium, then it's probably nicer... Nicer than the Coliseum. Yeah, I think every stadium is nicer than the Coliseum. <laughs> you haven't been to the, Colise- the, the Coliseum, have you? No. Oh, it's too far north. Yep. Oh. So the the Angel Stadium, is it in like a residential area? Um, or is kind it of, a- but it's like where the Anaheim Convention Center is at. It's pretty close to Disneyland too, so... But there are certain blocks where there's houses kind of close by to it, so it's kind of a mix, I would say. Hmm. And the parking situation was all right? Yeah. No uh, <laughs> issues getting out and waiting in two hours in that stadium yet, anyway. But the way it's laid out, I don't think it'll be a problem ever. Yeah. I wonder why Dodger Stadium parking is so bad. It's old. Well, they need to redo it. <laughs> Probably figured traffic wouldn't be that bad back then when it was built. Oh yeah. Oh well, that's our uh, baseball parking situation. <laughs> <laughs> Just another new topic we're gonna have for the podcast: baseball parking lots. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I mean, I've only been to one uh, stadium. That was um, uh, Coors. Okay, that that one seems nice. But yeah, yeah, I've only been to two: Dodgers and Angels. Maybe one day Yankee Stadium, but. That means I have to travel. Like I said, I don't plan on traveling anytime <laughs> soon, so <laughs> maybe not. Yeah, I mean, Coors is a nice park, though. So. Yeah, it looks nice, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the restaurants, I mean, it's just like, it, it, it's it's kind of like the, the, the new Yankee Stadium, minus all the screw-ups and the bad design. <laughs> the <laughs> poles blocking the people's view in the bleachers. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if they ever got like, rid of that. And those, um, what are those seats called? The luxury uh, seats? Yeah, I think legend like right seats or something like that. Yeah. Where they overcharged people for yeah. <laughs> Nobody was sitting there. They're actually filled now, so maybe they lowered the price <laughs> so people could actually yeah. sit in them. So yeah, I've only been to Coors. And yeah, it's a nice park. Well, you got to get to the Coliseum before Oakland moves and they... Don't lay there anymore. <laughs> I don't need to see the Coliseum. Yeah. I've, I've seen enough enough of it, enough of it breaking down. You don't want to be in the bathroom when the plumbing breaks. Oh, no, like you don't. Two years ago or something. <laughs> yeah, I think they're playing the Angels. I think, and they had to share a locker room. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, worst stadium in all sports, I'd say. Yeah, I think you'd be right. Because what is that stadium like? Fifty years old now. It seems older, but... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, just, at least they redid, uh, what do you call it, Wrigley. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that has a classic old school look to it. So it still has that feel, but plus they probably just put some more modern stuff to make it look new, which is the best of both worlds. Yeah, and maybe new plumbing pipes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, and by the way, the, the Coliseum is the only... Um, the only stadium that shares um, that shares baseball and uh, football, and you can definitely tell sometimes when you see the football like chalk out well, like the yards and all that, like uh, and the dirt marks are just like so ugly. Or that weird mound, you know, <laughs> when, it's a, when it's a baseball stadium, like there's like a weird mound they call it the uh, Mount Davis, yeah. <laughs> or um, the Raiders, uh, is it GM or owner or something? Uh, but I think they shaved it down because it, it it was legal. I think. Giving them an unfair advantage. <laughs> yeah, I think it was illegal or something like that. Um, but yeah, the Coliseum is broken. <laughs> it's a dump. Say <laughs> it like it is. <laughs> yeah. They even Fenway. I mean, at least they kind of redid Fenway. <laughs> yeah, Fenway looks awesome. It's been most unique ballpark out there. I mean, as much as I hate the Red Sox, I love their stadium. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it has to be like either Fenway or uh, Wrigley yeah. or the oldest fields. Like, they cannot get these stadiums. That would be against everything. That'd be sacrilege. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, yeah. yeah. Like, and then it's the, the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> That's way... That needs to blow up. That's what needs to do. <laughs> Well, they're not the Yankees. They don't get a new stadium for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I still think they should be in their original stadium. It's just, <laughs> it was sacred ground, and they moved. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when they they were. Uh, it was like the day before they were gonna knock it down on ESPN. They had like people crying, like just bawling that the the stadium was gonna be knocked down. Yeah, that's the thing. Still leave it up. Like, don't knock it down. Like I said, it's yeah. all the history that's there. Like, uh, surprised. Well, the Yankees are all there. about history too. That they would do that still surprises me. There's a sign though, <laughs> <laughs> right? There's a plaque. And I would hope so. Yeah, <laughs> at least that. I wonder if there's going to be a plaque for the Coliseum when they knock it down, <laughs> <laughs> when it becomes like a hazard, <laughs> a broken toilet. It was <laughs> <laughs> an environmental hazard. Yeah. <laughs> A building hazard. <laughs> uh, it's a quarantine zone in Oakland. <laughs> no one can go into. Well, for, from what I've seen, it looks like it's like on the outskirts of an industrial area. Huh. <laughs> so I mean, they they picked like the wrong place to build that park. <laughs> Worse than the old candlestick for the Giants that? to play. It was like it was so windy there. It was, like it would almost be. Like, Conditions are so bad where you couldn't play there with the wind and everything. So yeah. when the Giants finally moved. I'm sure they were happy. Yeah, they get their own brand new stadium, <laughs> AT&T Park. And they won't let Oakland move. Because <laughs> it's apparently they own the territory. Yeah, it's San a Jose. weird it's like city-state thing. Yeah, I don't know. They just yeah, need a new like, stadium, that's all. <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, Bud Selig went to Oakland Coliseum. And he was like, yeah, you guys need a new Coliseum. And then the new commissioner, I can't remember his name, David... Uh, Rob Manford. Oh, Rob Manford, yeah. Uh, he went to the stadium, and he was like, yeah, you guys need a new stadium. <laughs> like, oh, 
mistakes, you think? But then they don't do anything about it. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like it's weird thing with the city and stuff. It's like a bunch of legals. Yeah. Weird situations they have to figure out. <laughs> I think Oakland had to sue. <laughs> <laughs> bring some, bring like some kind of litigation. It's just something that's bad. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. But anyway, that's our segment on how much of a dumb Oakland Coliseum yeah. is. <laughs> Two extended baseball stadiums on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can get into our comic book reviews. Um, this week we're doing uh, Detective Comics number 42 and Batman Beyond number 2, which I both of them I haven't read yet. Ah, Dan, you're falling behind on Batman Beyond. <laughs> oh, man. So you're going to keep up. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did say that. You got I... to make up for issue 3. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, Tim, why don't you start us off with uh, Batman Beyond number two. But first, our, um, our rating scale is going to be the amount of time Tim spent in the Dodger Stadium parking lot. No, no, that works, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Times Tim spent waiting in the Dodger Stadium parking lot. Got it. Yeah, waiting to go home. Yeah, Okay. So, Batman Beyond... Wait, wait, Tim, before you get to okay. that, I was going to ask you a quick question about uh, uh, that time you waited. Okay, what is it? So, you're telling me that it's an hour and a half from your house to Dodger Stadium, or Los Angeles, period. Yeah. So, the average baseball game is four hours, let's say, right? Eh, I'd say about three, three, three and a half, something like that. Well, let's just round it up to four because okay. that makes sense to do that. So four, an hour thirty down. So that's five thirty. So <laughs> seven hours total. Yeah, oh. it was a whole work day. Yeah, <laughs> an eight-hour work day, pretty much. Geez, so you pretty much had to take off from work either the next day or that day. <laughs> Yeah, it's two hours in your car, just sitting in the parking lot wasn't the best part of it. That's for darn sure. <laughs> <laughs> so was it just you? No, it was me and a few other people, like me, my brother, and then yeah. a friend of ours. And my mom actually went to that game, too. So. <laughs> your mom? Yeah. <laughs> Seems like your mom gets out a lot. Yeah, she does. She's the one who likes to have the most fun <laughs> in our family, that's for sure. Does she like baseball? Yeah, she's not a hardcore fan, but she likes it, yeah. Mainly because of... Like me and my brother were hardcore Yankee fans, and like through us, she kind of gets into it a little bit. So, oh. Oh, she's not a Dodgers fan. No, it's or an Angels fan. It's a Yankees family here, <laughs> so we're all good. But anyway, See? can I go on to Batman Beyond? Number yes, two? yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, I'll say right off the bat, I enjoyed it a lot better than the first issue. I think the story is kind of picking up some steam here, where they're in this concentration camp with Tim, Barbara Gordon, and Max. And it starts off with them on the run from Brother Eye cyborgs, and they come into contact with these other people in the camp, and one of them has like a big smile on his face, and his eyes are all big. You can tell right away that he's brainwashed, and he's kind of saying things like, the Lodge is happiness, the Lodge is home, the Lodge is awe, you know, those typical brainwashed people like who get taken over by this cult or whatever. It's like your typical version of that. And so they kind of get explained what's going on here with Brother Eye. There's different stages of what the prisoners in here go through. The first stage is what this person they meet here is all wide-eyed. And the second stage is they become faceless. Then eventually they turn into Brother Eye's drones, like 
full-on robots, which they fight throughout the story. So Max eventually gets captured as her Barbara and, and Tim try to make uh, try to make an escape, and then she ends up telling Brother Eye some of their secrets as far as like who this new p- person is, which is Tim and uh, Barbara, who they've been searching for. And but we get someone else who's in charge of this prison camp. It's not just Brother Eye and his drones. It's actually a familiar Batman Beyond character, the villain Ink, who I've always been a big fan of. She's probably my new. Or not my new, but my favorite of the new Batman Beyond villains introduced in this show. So I was happy to see her show up in here. And she ends up spotting Max, or not Max, because she's captured, but Barbara and Tim. And she sends uh, some more like cyborgs out, but she goes into the fight also. And I just love visually how Ink looks and just seeing her fight, even in comic where it's not you know, like full animation, just seeing the panels with how she fights and uses her shape-shifting abilities to attack like, Terry and... or. Tim, I should say, and Barbara. This visual, I think, is really cool. So I'm glad she was the first villain they chose to bring back in Batman Beyond. So Tim is trying to get his suit recharged, and he uses one of the robot, uh, like, cyborg people to charge his suit, which needed power. And I just love how the suit comes on digitally, almost. It's not something, like, he has to put on. If he needs to turn it on in a pinch, he can, it can, and but it just takes power, which he had to do in this fight. I did like the fight between Batman and Ink here. I mean, like I said, mainly from a visual standpoint, it's almost has that classic feel, even though Batman Beyond still fairly new. I mean, it's only 16 years old. Just there's, there's something classic about seeing the Batman Beyond suit fighting Ink, who I think is one of his more classic villains. And visually, this looks really cool. And they had a cool fight sequence where Ink's like pouring, like coming out of the ground and like the big Ink shot and wrapping up Tim in her uh, liquid form. And just, like I said, I say the word visually a lot because it stuck out to me. I think it was really cool to see another fight sequence between uh, Batman Beyond and Ink, even though it's not Terry. It's Tim. It still worked. And I liked how he's the AI of Al- called Alfred in the suits telling him his weak- her weakness, how it's water. And he thought, really? Water? That's it? Like, supervillains have gotten soft now in this age. So he's able to stop her a little bit with the water, but um, they're not able to get far because he gets knocked in the face by Max, who's been brainwashed by Brother and I. And she's now with him and not with Barbara and Tim. So that puts the wrench in their plans, and they both end up getting captured. And they find out that you wonder why Ink's working for Brother Eye. It has something to do with her daughter, which was the last episode. She was in a Batman Beyond. Her and her daughter kind of had a falling out where she didn't trust her daughter anymore like she was out to get her but again this is a different universe so maybe it's something that brother eye has her daughter captured and she needs to work for her brother eye to get her back or something so i'm sure that get will (laughs) will get revealed soon can't even talk anymore but so this issue i enjoyed cool action i like seeing ink probably still my biggest thing that i have to get used to is that it's tim and not terry right now anyway i think it could have easily been terry where he's in a different parallel universe of the world that he wants that he once knew because of what happened in future end so i just don't see a need for tim and i still hear terry's voice when i read it so maybe there'll be a payoff later on but right now it's still my biggest gripe where i still think it should be terry instead of tim so for this issue i'm going to go ahead and give it three and a half out of five hours i waited in the dodger parking lot waiting to get home (laughs) (laughs) which was longer than i actually waited but not by much (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you know i was thinking that's under um ideal condition traffic conditions meaning there would have to be no traffic Uh, yeah i guess when you got on the freeway there was it was late so there was no traffic yeah so 
I guess if you're looking for a silver lining in that, that would be it. But so, so where was the uh, where would the traffic have been? Yeah, so it was like on a on Sunday. The freeway, so or? It was a Sunday, so there wouldn't be that much traffic on the freeway. So like oh, I said, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about any kind of day. Like, where would the traffic be on the freeway? Or yeah, it would be on the freeway. Yeah. Oh, but not in, not in like the, the sort of town area. Uh, not really. Oh. Just in the parking lot. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, actually working the freeway. Just, so there's no like street parking you can grab. You probably you'd have to walk a long way to get to the stadium. Oh. So you have to park. Yeah, in the stadium. maybe there's shuttles there, but like I haven't been there enough times to know exactly what's the best way to get there. Maybe it is worth it to park somewhere and take a bus or a shuttle or something over there. I don't know. But I don't think I'm going to be finding out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't want to spend two hours in the Dodgers Stadium parking lot? No, thank you. <laughs> it's like the, 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 um, the stadium staff is going home already and you're still yeah. sitting there in the parking lot. <laughs> the players I know were the home. The players are home already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Anyway, Detective Comics 42. Let's see how many hours I wait in Dodger Stadium for this issue. <laughs> so this one is still continues on with Bullock, Montoya, and Bullock's partner, how they're dealing with the situation with Gordon being Batman. And it continues from the last issue where Gordon's getting beat up pretty bad by this gang that he's taking on that have these skull costumes and skeleton masks. So he gets shot pretty much with a bazooka against the wall that Bullock confronts those villains and Gordon's able to stop them from shooting Bullock by shining a bright light in their eyes to distract them and they capture one of their gang members but the other two guys get away but the main thrust of the story is kind of seeing how Bullock reacts to Gordon as Batman still and his relationship with Montoya and I like that aspect where we see Bullock and Montoya interacting together again as partners it's Something that, as Bullock said in this issue, he says, I miss you, Montoya. And I kind of miss seeing them work together as partners, too. So I do like that aspect of this series so far. And there are just some great moments with Bullock. Because this is basically his story, how he just conflicted with this whole situation. And Montoya is kind of fishing him for like, some information. And so he's like thinks there's something up with the police department. Someone's a traitor in here. And Bullock's kind of, you know, he respects Montoya, they have a history as partners and all that, but he's at the same time that like we're snooping around and like with him trying to get information. So he's conflicted with that. He's conflicted with Gordon being Batman. And all the time he thinks the only person he can trust is his partner, but from all the stuff that we're seeing in this issue and the last one, it seems like she's the traitor and she's behind something. They haven't specifically said what though, but we see her using her phone, um, scoping out like police setups that they're gonna do to secure a circus event and she's recording it with her phone and she's sending like the layout plans to whoever she's working for so bullock doesn't know it but she ends up being a traitor but at the same time he's kind of conflicting how what his role is in the police department and there was a good moment too where he's having a conversation with gordon on his front porch where gordon just calls him in the middle of the night to talk and bullock's like oh, i don't know what to say like this is usually the part where you said like hang in there and like it'll get better but like that's not really my thing and gordon's all yeah like there's no time for a learning curve when you're batman and so gordon's frustrated like he thinks he's not good enough he feels that he's like the laughing stock and a joke with the police department and like bullock's kind of caught in the middle knowing 
that he really is Batman. And so it's just a tough situation for Bullock that I like seeing the struggle that he's in. So the issue uh, ends with another sequence where uh, Batman or Gordon going against the villains he was fighting in the beginning, the skeleton gang. I'll just go ahead and refer to them as. So they set up a trap for him where there's these water towers and they bring the water on him to mess up his suit. And it ends with Gordon getting out of the suit and just his in his normal like. Uh, I forget the exact term for his suit, but it's almost like a stealth version suit that he wears um, inside the mech suit, and it looks really cool. But Bullock's all telling like, "Don't you dare go up against these guys without your suit, you know, match for them." But Gordon's gonna try to prove himself as as good as Batman as he could be, because you know Batman won't sit this one out and let these guys escape when he knows he can at least still put up a fight without that mech suit. So it just ends with him uh, saying he's about to take these guys on. So I do, like I said, the main focus of Detective Comics right now is seeing what's unfolding with Batman and the police department through Bullock's eyes, and I really like that. There's some great dialogue between him and Montoya, and like I said, that conversation he had with Corden. So um, I do like where this is heading. I haven't, of course, Batman 42 hasn't come out yet, so I don't know if that's gotten any better, but two issues in, I say Detective Comics has been the best one as far as this new status quo with Gordon as Batman. So I'm going to go ahead and give this one uh, four in a now just going to give it a solid four four out of five hours i waited in the dodger stadium parking lot just dying to get home and i sat Jeez. there for four hours reading this issue of detective comics <laughs> <laughs> that must be exhausting you're just sitting in your car or there was no whatever. iphones back then either that was back in 2004 so. wow so <laughs> I, I was just like oh man i just want to go home will you people hurry up yep uh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's all of our comic book reviews, and that's all of our podcasts for this episode. Um, go over to BatmanUniverse.net on Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse or on Twitter, and the Twitter handle is at BatmanUniverse, and you can follow Tim on Twitter, and Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my Twitter handle is at DaneSaysBanana. You need to shorten your Twitter name because every time I mention you when I post tweet about our new episode, you take up all the characters that I have. <laughs> like I want to well, write I didn't, more. <laughs> I didn't know what to make my Twitter name. I, I'm not as creative as you, Tim. <laughs> you just put Dane H or something. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Or no. How about like how about uh No, cause cause you can't put a team name because if you stop following that team and you're stuck with you know, the San Diego Padres Dane or something. <laughs> well, like I said, you could always change it. So you could hop on to different teams if you want. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, you're right. Um, and you can also find us on iTunes. You can rate and review us on there. So please do that. It shows us that you care about this and we're not doing this in vain. We're not doing this just for or just so Tim and I can talk to each other, have a reason to talk to each other. That's <laughs> Even not, though we love it. That's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can email us at uh, badfans27, oh no, badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can follow us on t- follow the show on Twitter, and the show's Twitter handle is at batfans27. And you can vi- visit our dead Facebook page at <laughs> facebook.com slash batfanspodcast. Someone resurrected. Yes, please. Please follow it and post 
to us, post to us, friend us, or like I think is the term. Like us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about Facebook. Uh, yeah, I, I'm rarely on there anymore either. It's <laughs> all on Twitter. In fact, I did I did uh, log on to uh, to Facebook recently, and I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna log off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for me. <laughs> I've had enough. Um, so yeah, as we like to say at the end of every podcast, we love you, we love you, we love you. If there's, ever, if there's ever a time that you're feeling alone in this world, just know that Tim and Dane do truly love you. Like, true love. <laughs> right, Tim? <laughs> uh, true love conquers all. So true our podcast conquers, conquers all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should be our um, our catchphrase or, or our tag or whatever. <laughs> true love conquers all. People would say, oh man, we don't want this mushy podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, just remember if you're feeling alone in this world, Tim and Dayton love you and care about you. So, with that, we will say, we'll see you later. Right, Tim? Yes. Adios. Sayonara. Sayonara. Thank you.